If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of the Mind Pump, so for 52 minutes, we don't talk about fitness, we just have fun introductory conversation. So let me give you the rundown. We start out by talking about Netflix's new interactive Black Mirror. Uh-oh. What's it called? Bandersnatch. Yeah, I'm Band- out of the loop. Yeah, unfortunate name. Uh, some, some. Uh, what are they it called? Uh, what is it? Spoiler alerts. So you might want to fast forward that part. <laughs> Justin yeah. Justin didn't watch it, but so he got You guys spoiled. ruined it for me. Thanks. Then we talked about the ibuprofen study. Ibuprofen is the active ingredient in Advil and how it lowers testosterone. Uh-oh. Another reason not to take it. It may actually influence your gains in the negative. Yeah, be tough. Then we mentioned one of our sponsors, PRX. Uh, they make amazing home gym equipment. Well, for the month of January, 0% financing all month long. So instead of paying monthly dues to your local busy-ass, dirty, filthy gym, mm. you can pay monthly dues and have your own home gym right. and just be dirty by Work yourself. Out naked. <laughs> if you go to prxperformance.com forward slash mind pump and use the code mind pump, you will get 5% off your order and a free MAPS Prime per- program with the purchase of $500 or more, and then of course the zero percent financing. Then we talked about outdoor gyms and how awesome they are. Adam talked about how China's monitoring system doesn't really bother him. I think it should. <laughs> uh, Adam talked about his new. Uh, what did you order? What's it called? A sous vide way of cooking yeah, meat. Sous vide. Yeah, sous vide. Yeah, sous vide is that how you pronounce it. I'm pretty sure. Cooking meat in plastic. <laughs> Apparently, it tastes really good. It's a new thing. We had a little discussion about that, but he did talk about his favorite place to get grass-fed, amazing meat. Butcher Box. Uh, they are one of our sponsors. If you go to butcherbox.com forward slash mind pump, you'll get free bacon and $20 off your first two months. They'll deliver that meat right to your door. Meat to your door, Justin, your favorite type. Give me that meat. Then we talked about a study that showed that women are uh, pretty mean to each other. Yep, they needed a study for that one. <laughs> And we talked about my bulk versus shred survey that I did on my Insta story. I asked people if I should bulk or shred, find out which one uh, won. Find out if Sal's going to jump on some steroids. Get fat. No, we're going to stay natural. Then we talked about the CrossFit blog that I wrote talking about why I think CrossFit is probably, why that bubble's probably going to deflate pretty soon. Let's see if it pisses people off. Yeah. Uh, then we get into the fitness part of our show. The first question was, what are some good exercises for strengthening your wrists? This person finds that their wrists break when they do heavy presses. What can they do to prevent that from happening? Shake weights. The next question, how woo-woo are we about things like toxins, molds, plastics, etc.? What steps do we take to limit our exposure to these types of things? Do we turn off our Wi-Fi at night? Uh, do we rub special lotion on our faces? Uh, do we wear blue blocker Adam glasses? Does. I don't know. I threw that second one in there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what happens. The third question was, uh, if we were to train somebody from the show, My 600-Pound Life, what would we do and where would we begin? What would we start with with somebody who's 600-plus pounds? Mm, and easy. the final question, what are the benefits of running in the sand? Are there specific benefits to doing so? Should you run in the sand if you want to be a badass, or is that just for people who live on the beach, assholes? Hey, Rocky did it, uh, uh, Sal. Also, I'd like to remind everybody, uh, it's January. This is the month everybody starts to want to get in shape. 
in order to help you out, here's what we've done. We've taken our flagship workout program, Maps and Apollo, and we've done two things. One, we've redone it, so it's a new user interface. It looks beautiful. It's great. But we've also taken the price of it and cut it in half. So 50% off Maps and Apollo. You got to use the code RED50, though. R-E-D-5-0, no space. Go to mapsfitnessproducts.com. Use that code. Get 50% off. It's good for everybody. And, of course, on that website, mapsfitnessproducts.com, you can look at all of our other MAPS programs to see if any other of them fit you even better. There you go. Go check it out. You'll love it. Remember the old uh, dial-up sound? And then it wouldn't work. Yeah. Didn't work. Like, ah. Uh, and then you have to start again. <laughs> Mom, hang up the phone. Come on, <laughs> yeah. Mom. I want to get online. Yeah. How, about, how, about, trail. how about that? Just remember picking up the phone to talk to your friends and like, you guys remember having like, you would pause to make sure someone's not like picking up the phone in the oh, other yeah. room. Yeah. Yeah. Your friend calls and you answer and you're like, hold on, hold on. Yeah. There was an art to Sally, that. You want to hear? Yeah, no, there was. There was being quiet because you wanted yeah. to make sure that, because there's four phones right in the house at that time, make sure that your mom or your sister or someone else Can't didn't. Just oh, I used you. to try and listen in on my brother's conversations. Right? Did right? you really? He like, yeah. When he was dating this girl, I was like, you know, trying to like ninja my way in to listen to him. And then he, he heard me on the other line, got so pissed. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I was so angry. Yeah, that was a dick move. Those were the days, and the, and the, the phone had a cord to it, and you had to- Long ass cord. Oh you guys got, do you guys have the phone? Of with course, like the, you can go take it to your room. You know, yeah, you just fucking pull it <laughs> through the house, yeah. bring it into your room, get on the phone. So speaking of like eighties and and thinking about, it, I watched the Netflix series uh, Black Mirror last night. The Bander, Bandersnatch. Yeah, which is based in the eight nineteen eighty four. Tell me, damn it. Tell me now. You fuck, Justin. Know, I, you were supposed I'm gonna to have watch to it. hear it now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Tell didn't, me they didn't do his homework. Tell yeah. me they they're not brilliant with the way they put that together. It was. It was definitely because um, I, I I thought that was good. Now, I think did it was the greatest thing did you ever. did you read choose your own adventures as a kid yeah of course yeah. okay so yeah so i i mean uh, i i read those books as a kid um i thought it was a uh, very very cool way to write a movie i don't know if you could get me to watch multiple of those and i'll tell you why because the same reason why i don't read those still books as a grown-ass man is there's really not a lot of substance to it it's a very short movie but it's long because you have so many pathways right but there's not a lot of substance to the movie when you really pick apart the movie but it was definitely entertaining it's, as it's like color. a novel idea but i can't see that taking off as like the next thing it's kind of like a 3d it might with kids it, here's, it might with kids well my mm. kid they have a, they have a minecraft one that's choose your own adventure yeah they do and my kids I, love I've it actually seen a that. movie uh, yeah, it's a cartoon. Well, it's a cartoon, a series, and so they're able you to like, pick adventure. which way they want to go. And my kids love it. Yeah, yeah see, I could totally too. see that taking off with kids. But there got to a, there was a point with Katrina and I, I don't know, it was probably because it was- Because it'll take you through all of them if you want. It does. Did we you did. stay on it? Yeah, we stayed on it, and we yeah. went through all of them. You know, because at one point it says exit to credits. You can- So you know. did you see the ending where he, uh, where the dude jumps off the, the balcony- where you know he's gonna jump out the window, yeah, and then it pulls back, and it's just the the move. It's just the show. Oh, you mean when the guy jumps over? Actually, jumps over. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah so okay, so you got to see all the endings. Yeah. Or when all of a sudden he's in a movie. Yeah. Sit. Okay. Yeah. Here's what I think that Spoiler! they. Spoiler. Whatever. Yeah. 
here's what that's your fault. Here's what I think that's uh, that's. <laughs> it'll still confuse the fuck yeah. out of you. I know. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I got so many options. Yeah, no. The thing that I think was brilliant on it isn't the the choose your own adventure part because that's fun. It's how they broke the what do they call it the third wall, where he he, he okay spoiler alert if you haven't seen it fast forward the Netflix part, part. Yeah, yeah. He he go he this guy thinks he's losing his mind goes to this therapist. And he's like, I don't know. He goes, I feel like I'm not making my decisions for me. I feel like someone else is doing. Like he's alluding to the fact that he knows he's in a movie. He's in a oh, show. Somebody's yeah, controlling show. it. But they do it so well that you're like, oh, yeah. this is brilliant. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I, I recommend. I don't want to spoil any more for anybody else. I definitely recommend somebody watch it. And Katrina and I were definitely enthralled by it while we watched it. But I do. I did walk away from it going like, okay, I felt like I just watched a 20 minute movie but it took an hour and a half to watch mm-hmm. it and that's huh. what it, and that's what the books were like the books were great but as i think back to them like they were very basic short stories mm-hmm. but the book has to be pretty big because there's so many alternate routes that you can take through it so very very clever and if you weren't somebody who grew up reading choose your own adventures you gotta watch this well, because that'll I, be a, a hell of an experience for someone who's never experienced what i the like book. about it is because it's gotten uh, a lot of attention right now. And so I think what's going to happen is they're going to spend more money on making them more creative, more interactive, and just smarter. Because it opens up a whole new a whole new route uh, for movies and for TV. Because before mm-hmm. you couldn't do this, right? You watch a movie on TV, it was on your VHS, it was on a DVD, or you're at the movies. You couldn't interact with it. Yeah. So I think it's going to be. I think it's going to open up a whole bunch of new. So I, I called this a fucking like ten years ago. Like I really thought because we talked. We used to talk. My buddies and I would talk about those choose your own adventure books. Mm-hmm. I thought I believe that the future of movie theaters would be like this, where everyone has a like a voting thing on their on their armchair, and the majority would always win, and that's the pathway the movie would go. Like think of that. Like if you're watching a movie, you're in a theater. There's a hundred people in that'd there. That'd be annoying. I would be pissed. Yeah, that'd be yeah. annoying. Would, you'd, be, you'd have a bunch of idiots. Yeah, like, you'd have no! somebody sabotaging it. Yeah, and, well, you wouldn't have. You, you would. It's the majority would rule in that yeah. situation. Yeah, I know. So even if you had thirty idiots in there, you know, <laughs> everybody's choosing. And what do you mean by idiots? It's still no matter what. You're kind of curious about whatever pathway. Yeah, what yeah. it would do is it end up making you want to come back and see all the other. You get the whole crowd would end up being loud about it and stuff. I guess it could be fun. It'd, It'd be, be fun. Yeah. It's interactive, it's right? totally different level you know it, it, it reminds me of like sort of like the first step i was thinking in terms of like how video games how successful video games are and it's like you kind of control that whole mm-hmm. experience yourself and this is like you know kind of one more step in between uh that bridge between like watching like just being a passive uh viewer versus being interactive with yeah. you know what you're watching are they going to do this with porn <laughs> Of course, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like you, like you, like, think about it this way. God, this might be you probably always, you always go there. Dude. Yeah, I, know, I love I it. I know yeah. it, because that's where they go. Yeah, it, 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 this might actually be. I don't know. Maybe it's, it already exists. It probably exists. Where you already. like you, yeah. you date a girl yeah. and like your goal pull her, is to pull try her, and have pull her hair right here or <laughs> flip her over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, you know, your, your goal is to spank, try and get spank, spank, yeah. spank. Your, your goal is to try and get her to have sex with you, but you have to take the right. You have to make the right decision. All oh, right, she can so deny. Saying, it. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh no! Oh no! It's like train, wrong move. Training ground or what? Oh, no. <laughs> pull finger back. You know. yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Pulling the finger is not a good move. Yeah. Justin for uh, that's hey, true. you know what? We over the over the weekend, um, and I love that you've started this thread with all the staff, and they're sending all these articles that everybody's into. And I believe it was Jackie, maybe it was you, Sal. I don't know if it was who it was. You maybe you can remind me the ibuprofen one. 
Oh, that was uh, Jackie. That was. Oh, Jack. wait a minute. W- was it? It might have been Jackie. Anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. I'll check. Well, I mean, I'd like to give credit to who it was because mm-hmm. I I thought that was a very fascinating. It was a PubMed study, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I was reading it, and right away I was skeptical of like, okay, well, you know, I it took me all the way to the end before I saw the actual percentage, but I was I was fascinated by how much I sent it. 13, oh, it was you. Yeah, I sent it. Like 13 to 25%, I think was was what it was. Yeah, so this study shows how uh, taking an NSAID like ibuprofen uh, alters human testicular physiology to produce a state of compensated hypogonadism. So in other words, it alters uh, your, your, your balls, your testicles in your a way nads. that it puts them into a state of lower testosterone. Wow. And yeah, and you know, it's funny with... Because we've seen studies now with uh, drugs like ibuprofen where athletes who take ibuprofen as part of their training, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of these people who they're, they're stiff, they're sore, and part of their protocol is to take this on a regular basis so that they can get through their training. Mm-hmm. Reduces muscle protein synthesis, reduces uh, you know muscle growth and adaptations and strength and all these other things through the process of basically blocking the signaling system that tells your body to adapt because it's the inflammatory system is is one of the, the the main components of your body's signaling system you know when you when you hurt yourself your the inflammatory response tells the body we need to heal this and then also not only do we need to heal this but we need to uh, adapt uh, in a way to to get stronger so it's like uh, if i handle rough objects with my hand and i slightly damage my skin the inflammation there tells my body heal the skin, but it also tells my body add another layer so that the same insult doesn't cause the same kind of damage, which eventually can turn into a callus and all that stuff. Right. And so we know now taking these things for long periods of time, it reduces your basically how you can progress. But now they're finding it actually affects hormones and in this case testosterone and a, a negatively si- a significant significant amount. Yeah. Huh. When you start, because that's what I, I was like, okay, so I'm reading this long old study and I'm going like, at the end of it, it's going to be like, oh, 1% or some shit like that. But it was, you know, I believe it was between 13 and 23 or 13 and 25%. Mm-hmm. It was like 13% initially. And then over the course of six months, it was like 25%. Mm-hmm. A quarter reduction, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a significant difference. It, it, and it was off of like 600 milligrams of ibuprofen, which is not a, that crazy amount. No, mm-hmm. that's that's a... That's like two That's like two. That's ibuprofen. a low dose uh, for strong anti-inflammatory effects. So if you have a headache, 200 milligrams, but if you have like an injury, the doctor will say 600 to, what do they say, 1,200 or 800 milligrams is what they'll typically recommend. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jessica, used to, she gets migraines. And she has prescription ibuprofen. Each one is six hundred. Well, and, so I, and the doctor will say take one or two. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. No, I took I took three of them this weekend because I had this massive headache, and it was right after that I read that study. So I just found it really <laughs> fascinating. I was like, oh, oh shit, no. nobody. I had a headache, and no one had Tylenol or Advil or anything like that. Later, someone had ibuprofen, and so I took the ibuprofen. And then sure shit, I see this thing in our thread, which of course made me read the whole thing because I just took three of them, mm. and then I'm like, oh wow, it's only 600 milligrams. That's not that much to reduce that much. That's crazy. No, and it's you know. If you do it here and there, it's not that big. It's not, right, not right. a big deal. This is for chronic users, and there are a lot of people there's a lot of people that do that that take this stuff. I have people well, in my family who take these take stuff like ibuprofen daily. Yeah, which is I remember. Part of the routine. I remember there was a a period where I had like really high um, 
blood pressure and in the morning I had these like really excruciating headaches. And so I was just on this regiment of constantly taking Advil or Excedrin or, you know, something, you know, along those lines, like just consistently uh, for, for that year until I got, you know, that, that problem addressed and, and, and dealt with and uh, just knowing like studies like that and also just like how, you know, hard that is on, um, you know, your, your, your kidneys and your liver and everything to process is it's all problematic. It is. I think it's important that people understand that the, whatever, uh, Western medicine, pharmaceutical you're using to get rid of a symptom isn't addressing the root of that symptom. There, mm-hmm. there is no pharma drug that, that really addresses the root. Um, they all address a symptom of some sort, whether it be, you know, like pain is a big one. And most right? of them are just masking. A yeah. Well, that's what I'm that's saying. All, that's all they're doing. They're, they're, catching a, they're not fixing something. Yeah. They're just masking. No, it. no, ibuprofen does reduce inflammation. It for sure does that. Oh, it works. It works on that end, but it doesn't stop what's causing the inflammation to happen in the first place. Right, which is the point where you do want to dive deeper and get to the root. And that's why, you know, functional medicine, things like that are great to help to try and tie you back to the root of the cause. Yeah, if, you ha- if you're taking, uh, you know, a drug like ibuprofen, on a regular, consistent basis, look at your entire life and try and figure out why you need to take something like that. You know, f- try and figure that out um, because over long periods of time, the the drugs themselves have negative effects. But not only that, it's whatever is causing that inflammation still has some negative effects. You you might you might have gotten rid of the f- symptom of it, but there's still a problem. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's important you look at those types of things. Anyway, so did you guys hear mm-hmm. what uh, PRX is doing for January, which I think is brilliant? No, no. Mar- yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. What, what are they doing? So January, everybody knows, big, you know, everybody signs up for gym memberships. Big movement in the fitness uh, Yeah, everybody direction. wants to go work out. Average, so what are, they, what are they doing? Well, so average gym membership is like, what, 20 to $60 a month or whatever? 20, yeah, I'd say 30 to 60 Something like that. You yeah. can find a cheap gym for 20 but you're going to end up working out with a ton of people and, and, you know, dirty equipment and all that stuff. And the more expensive ones are 60 70 bucks a month. Well, PRX was, you know, obviously one of our sponsors, that's for the listeners, um, you know, they provide home gym equipment. Mm-hmm. They're doing uh, 0% financing. Oh, smart. Yep. Right? Is it, is it just for January too? I th- I think so. Doug's saying yes. Mm. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. wow. How smart. smart is that? Very smart. Because yeah. you could buy their equipment so you have a home gym and then just pay monthly with no interest. It's, you're going to pay monthly anyway, whether you go to the gym or not, but now you got your own home gym. And then you own it at the end of uh, you know your financing. That's right. Then you own the gym. You don't have to deal with the crowds. You don't have to deal with the sweaty equipment. You know That's not your sweat and all that other stuff. Now, did you oh, buy yours it. outright, Justin, or did you finance it just to do the finance thing? Yeah, exactly. I did it just to, to see how that whole process worked, and so I did the financing, and I'm, I'm almost already done with it. But at the same time, it was so convenient that way because it wasn't like this big lump sum up front that... That, uh, you know, really kind of hurt uh, for the month. So, um, and it's super smooth process. Uh, I'm, pr- I'm really happy with. You what know, were your monthly payments? Um, Do you remember? It's like a, it was like a hundred something bucks. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, um, but I I had put a, you know a substantial amount down. But um, what I what I loved was um, the, the different options because you know ceiling wise. They, they have a few options like for people like I know CrossFit's big with like the kipping pull up 
rig and all that kind of stuff. But that one is really tall, just to FYI for people that are looking into it. So if you have like a garage space as a really tall ceiling, uh, make sure you measure it. You have to measure it, like, uh, make sure you look into that. Cause then there's another one that has, um, has a, a pull-up bar in it too. That's like, it's mainly for like 10 foot ceiling. So mine's like eight foot ceiling. Mm. And so it's like the, there's only one option for that. If you have like a, a, a smaller setup for that. So just, you know, be conscious of that. Uh, I had to kind of, uh, send it back and they were like super cool about it, but I got the wrong size initially. So. Dude, I had the best at home workout, uh, the other day I got up early and it's been cold out now. I know people listening all over the country think I'm stupid because we're in California, <laughs> but for us it was cold. It was like 30 something degrees outside. It was early in the morning and my, I, I work out in my garage, so I don't have a, a heater on or anything like, so I'm out there, you know, we're out there bundled up with our sweaters. You know, I've got chalk on my hands. My hands are cold on the bar. Jessica's wearing gloves and we're working out. And there's something about working out in, in kind of harsh conditions or, or not super comfortable conditions. I don't know if, how you guys feel about that, but it really got me in the fucking mood, man. I don't really? know. I just, yeah. Do you remember those old uh, – you guys used to watch NFL films, right? Yeah. yeah. You know the old films where they're playing football in the snow and you yeah. see the breath coming out? It's like I felt, I felt like I was in one of those. Like it's cold as fuck and I'm lifting. <laughs> and I have this big-ass sweater on and you know, underneath it I'm sweating, but I'm still too cold to take I would, it off. We, we, You're we, like soldier field. Grip better or worse? At first, it's it's it hurts. Yeah. It hurts my hands a little bit. Yeah. But for me – I kind of like that a little bit, and I don't know if it's the whole, you know, like it makes me feel tougher or whatever, but I feel like it's going to strengthen my hands because I was doing uh, trap bar deadlifts, and the trap bar that I bought, this is the thing about equipment sometimes is, uh, you know, when they put the knurling on the on the handle, yeah, knurling, the way they make the knurling makes a big difference because sometimes knurling is sharp as yeah, shit. Sometimes they cut a little too deep, and it really like, yeah, shreds your hands up. Oh, thanks, Doug. See this? I'm going to go work out in the snow now. <laughs> this is, uh, he's, just, he's just pulled up Rocky, <laughs> Which, running in the snow. Rocky this is Ford. the only reason why you what you just explained is that for you right here. Maybe. It's, it's this right here. Maybe. It has no other logical reason other than you've watched this movie a thousand times, so oh, in your God. head, training out in the snow. Oh, just trying to be tough. What a great yeah. scene. You know, we got the Russian with this technology and his, his workout. That's funny because Rocky my, with this log on his back. Yeah, my neighbor is like ex-military and and like is really into like calisthenics and running and everything and so i was leaving i had a client at like 6 30 and so i was like leaving real early it was like 5 30 in the morning and i'm like driving up this hill and he's doing sprints and everything like with his shirt off and it was like it was super cold it had to be like 10 below or something <laughs> it was so freezing outside and he's just running back and forth and i'm like dude you maniac and i remember like i used to think oh yeah like that's like i want that toughness that grit you know there is definitely something to that when i lived in chicago it was like you just like you're harder you know i don't know i feel like it's the because i even like working out what's re- when it's really hot sometimes i think it's just the ad- added uh challenge the added challenge of the temperature um, and the it's just you're not as comfortable. Well, it's got to be good for you for sure. Probably yeah, right because there's the whole adaptation yeah, with, with the temperature thing. Of you know? course, I think. I mean, I think there's got to be some benefit to doing it occasionally, mm-hmm. and then you overcoming it. Yeah, there's. I have this. There was this one guy that follows me on on uh, Instagram, and you know he'll hear me talk about me working out in my garage, and he's like, "Here's my home setup," and he sent me a picture, and his shit is literally outside literally in the snow and he's got like <laughs> and i'm like damn that's crazy that's but awesome. 
I could see like the like a younger version of myself kind of being like, "Fuck yeah!" Let's well, you know what's funny about that? Like, I've I've actually set up part of outside for just splitting and chopping wood and like chopping into um, boards and everything, just because of the the power you get from that. Like, it's 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 a great way to train for power. Well, that's the that's why we slam uh, medicine balls in the exactly. ground. They they got that from the cho- the power and the the results you get from chopping wood. So the other part of that is a great way to uh, add to that is um, you bury a uh, a tire in into the dirt, like so half of it is exposed, and then you take a sledgehammer yeah. and then you you hit it uh, constantly. See, I re- I know you know my dad's worked uh, with his hands his whole life hard labor right construction all that stuff and i've known a lot of blue collar workers and when i did jujitsu i would sometimes grapple with these guys and then you have guys who are gym guys who worked out with weights and that kind of stuff and this may be just my perception but the the type of strength that those blue collar you know kind of hard working people have it it felt different it Mm -hmm. just felt it felt harder it felt stronger and I don't know if it's just because you, when you work out in the gym, you're working out and you're comfortable. You're in comfort all the time. And those guys get used to being uncomfortable. Just different skills. It, it, maybe di- different di- skills. Different things that you're doing, it, you know? The, the big difference was in their hands. Yeah. That was always the big difference. There was this one dude that I would, you know, every once in a while we'd roll. And he was, uh, he grew up uh, as a farmer. And he was a skinny dude. He was yeah. like 150 pounds wiry and strong as shit and his hands were so hard Dude. like if he grabbed my hand i felt like i'd have to get out the strongest quick. people on any football team i played with were from nebraska and just farm raised you know hay baling fucking strong sons of bitches yeah yeah, the, yeah they grow them crazy out there yeah see so that's that's the thing that i you know that i think about but the home workouts are my favorite man i, I don't I, I i think i would have to have if I did like a gym outside like that, I would have to have also the option inside. Like it, I wouldn't want only my. Yeah, you gym. like the bougie stuff. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm all, I'm all, I'm all down to. I mean, I love. There's a place in what is it, Tulum, uh, Mexico, where they have like this whole outside gym. Oh, yeah, so that's for there. looks though. Uh, no, no, people, are you kidding me? It looks fun. No, it's legit workout there for sure. They have whole sets of of like these wood looking dumbbells, and you've got pull up bar. You got everything yeah. you need to get a great workout. I could dig that on the beach. Beautiful sun outside and and doing that occasionally but i think I, there's times where i just i want to get in the gym especially when you have like serious goals and you're being consistent i i mean i remember during the competing time there was plenty of times where i drugged myself to the gym you yeah. know not you know there's a difference between like training because i love to train and it's like just a part of my lifestyle and then there's difference like when i have goals that i'm trying to achieve and it's like yeah. i have to go put this volume in it's just part of like the schedule and then I would never. That would be so much harder if that meant I had to go outside in the snow or do something like that. <laughs> like fuck this. Well, today. there's this one. There's this one um, uh, area in Africa. I can't remember the, the state that's over there. And there's these aspiring bodybuilders that live over there, and their gym is all homemade off of like scrap metal um, and stones. Have you guys seen these videos of these guys? Where? It's like these these African dudes. They're fucking. Oh, they're yeah. jacked, mm-hmm. and they're they're like lifting a, a bar with like axles on each side, mm-hmm. or they're doing exercises with like stones because they're poor. They can't afford any equipment. So they what they've done is they built their own gym. And these guys look. I mean, they're obviously natural. They can barely afford to have enough protein. In, in fact, I was watching um, 
Generation Iron 3. Have you guys seen that? the third one that just came out? I didn't watch the third so one. So I only watched some of it. I, I haven't seen the whole one. Is it lame? Or is it- <laughs> uh, you know, I like this. I, you know, it's it's okay. I like I like the, the, the muscle building and strength, you know, world. So I can always be fascinated by it. You know, Jessica was like, turn this off. I don't like it. But so I watched some of it. But they showed these these dudes in Africa who are working out in these fucking. They made them themselves. They'd go. They'd find old rims from equipment or axles, and they make their own equipment in gyms. And they're working out in there. And you're looking at these guys, and they're all jacked. Yeah. And you're like, you know, that's that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? That's yeah. There's a- there's something cool about that. You're just being resourceful and kind of putting it all together, where you can make a, a cool like workout setup for you. For sure. So anyway, I like watching that kind of stuff. Yeah. So anyway, there was a couple, there was another article I wanted to bring up to you guys. I have a, a million of them here to read to you. So I'm going to bring up the scary one first. The scary one? Yeah. Scary. Well, scary for me. Mm. You know, stuff that I, I like to talk about. So check this out. Uh, we've been talking about, or I've brought up a few times, the whole AI, uh, you know, surveillance thing in China. Oh, right. Where they're just, they're trying to control their entire populace with this new <laughs> social credit system. Mm-hmm. A high school... In China, and I'm going to try and find out where it is. Uh, let me see. The, the a high school in China has installed an AI system that will read facial expressions of the students, and if the students are showing disinterest or that they're not paying attention, the teacher gets alerted. Oh wow! Yes, that's fascinating. Yeah, dude. So the kids have to like like. Here's what. <laughs> It sounds kind of cool at first. You're like, "Oh, cool! That we can keep, you know, see if who's who's, you know, who's mm. doing what, whatever." But imagine being that kid. Yeah. Imagine how paranoid and crazy you would feel knowing that you're <laughs> being watched constantly. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's the paranoia, the I don't, fear alone. I don't, I don't know, dude. I don't know if kids give a fuck. I don't think they're thinking. Like I, that. I think they do. I don't think so. I, you, you know, every I hear these things, and I and I, I like to play devil's advocate with it because I agree with you that I think it, it's crazy the direction they're going. But I could also see. The benefits of that. I mean, what a great tool for a teacher to get feedback of you're losing your students. Yeah. You're losing your students right now. I I don't think it's this like distant player. It's not supposed to be to, to, to discipline these kids because they're fucking off. It's more like, hey, you're a teacher. You're starting to sound monotone and you're losing. 50% of your class now, here's alert, like time to switch it up, get them to stand up, well, get them to do something There's else. a difference though between knowing you need to do a good job Mm-hmm. And feeling like you're constantly being monitored. Now imagine this. Yeah, Just imagine they're, this they're, for a second. There sounds like they're used to this. No, no, well, no. It's not about you, dude. Uh, look, go to North Korea. They're used to that too, right? Here's an example. We've we've all been employed by other people at some point. Did you like it? If um, if you had a manager. Imagine you had a manager follow you around all day long. Yeah. Just follow. No, I'm just going to watch the what you're doing all day. Yeah, yeah, do your thing. I'm just going to watch you all day long. Yeah. At some point, you're like, let me the fuck alone. Like, let me do my thing. And if I don't perform, I get there's a level of management. But that whole like watching you all the time, like they're trying to. Yeah, be- I wonder. I wonder if there'll be a breaking point. You know, where where they just are fed up and and the, the, you know there's some kind of revolt uh, as a result of all this like overbearing monitoring. I think it's crazy. I, I think it's I think it's very normal, dude. I think that they they think it's normal. For, it's very weird for us, and I agree with you. And I wouldn't like that, but I think it's. I mean, I even see the difference in our kid, the generation now. We we're just talking about this the other day about, mm-hmm. about my niece and like not caring that Facebook is. She works for Facebook. No open knows that they can go through her phone and all the stuff that she has, and she doesn't care. Mm. The generation come. They say they already. They think that already now. It's like 
There are no secrets. Doesn't matter what's anymore. The, Everybody this? knows everything. It's so easy to hack and get in if someone wants in your stuff. So it's like everybody it's because it's just because look it's, it's become normal well no it's because what's the saying you know if you put a you throw a frog in boiling water they jump out but if you put them in and then you slowly boil the water they don't know they're being boiled alive and they die mm-hmm. i think that's kind of part of what what's happening i think mm. people they don't, they don't know what's they don't know the problems because they don't see anything yet but then when something then when shit starts to hit the fan it's too late mm. now oh, fuck what do we do now well, you've allowed this to happen slowly over it's a period of time. It's interesting because my picture of this whole thing is like this super like minority report kind of like high tech uh, monitoring of everybody. And really, like I, I saw some some news. Um, it was like a like a article or um, like somebody was out there reporting on uh, what what how they were actually like getting all this information. And a lot of it was just somebody that was appointed in the village to go around and like get all this information and like hand write mm-hmm. it down and then send it off to the state. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, it's not like the sexy, you know, like high tech uh, infrastructure that they have yet. It's like very clunky. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, I want to take you back to the boiling water. You just reminded me of something. Are you guys familiar with the the vacuum seal and then boil your steaks to like perfection. Yeah, Enzo was oh, telling yeah, me about yeah, that. Okay, what's so that called? This is now sous vide. So my is that what it's called? Uh-huh. So I'm I'm getting it right. So I told Katrina to order it today. I want to get that. So too. my brother, I, I've got two people now that are like I just some of the best cooks I, in my family or that are close to me that have told me about this and they're like this 100% Adam will be the best steak you've ever had in your life and you'll cook it to perfection every single time. And so I just got my butcher box in yesterday. I have Katrina ordering this. I'm so fucking pumped about this thing. So it, it comes with an app, right? I'm totally selling for this company that I have no idea, like, you know, who they are or what. I've only been told by all these people now. And the, this weekend was like the kicker for me. Like, okay, that's it. I'm Did you getting, try it? No, I just, oh, I, just she's ordering She's it. ordering it today. Like the butcher box so came you in. You've never to, tried it before. No, I haven't personally, but they told me all about how this thing works. And so. You pick your, you decide, like your temperature of the meat and the center of the meat is what dictates medium rare, rare, or mm-hmm. well done, right? So you put it into the app, what temperature you want your meat. So you, once you figure out what perfection is for your meat, you're, and done. The way, you're done. It's like, you've got it now. And now it's pro, because when you boil it in the water. Well, because boiling water is always consistent exactly. temperature. Exactly. Yeah. So it can cook for, two, you'll never overcook it. You can cook it for two, three, four hours if you, if you set the temperature to go right to where you want it. It'll take the water to that temperature and it'll keep it there. And it's a slow cook. And then all you do is you take it out and you sear it on each side mm-hmm. inside on a, on a pan. So throw some ghee down, sear it, sear it for 10, yeah. 30 seconds on each side. Sucker's ready ready to eat. Yeah, most like high-end restaurants have done this for a long time, I guess. And you're gonna which ones are you going to do? The ribeyes? Oh, I'm going to do everything in it. You it's can just, do everything yeah. in it. And, and on top of this, okay, so I can, t- I can, t- I can set it all up and then from my app, I can control it because you want to cook it for like two hours. So what I'll do is like in the afternoon time, like around one or two, I'll turn it on. And then when I get home, all I'll have to do is literally heat a pan up, throw it on. And I'm so going to supposedly have the like the most amazing steak So here's my, life. my only reservation because Enzo showed me this a while ago. And here's my only reservation with this. The, the vacuum sealed bag, what is that made out of? I know it's a type of a plastic mm. and can that uh, be a problem? Because I know, you know, these, these synthetic components, these plastics, they've been shown to 
leak or leach chemicals into you know like if that's why you don't have to supposed to microwave. Well, I figure if I'm using my my grass fed butcher box, I'm already I'm I'm canceling out some of the bad shit. That, <laughs> so if I get a little bit of plastic, it's like smoking organic cigarettes. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I figure I'm I'm like I'm I'm even now. Uh, I'm good. Doug, so, well, Doug, you're the you're like the you're out. like the biggest cook dude around uh, in this room at least. Uh, have you heard anything about these bags? If they're safe or what the deal is? I haven't, but I have the same uh, concerns as yeah. well. Because, I mean, you're, you're boiling plastic for two hours. Right on your meat? Eh, probably not so good. Yeah. Well, let's look it up. There's got, it's it's got to be something. So it's, it's probably not your basic plastic. I can't imagine it's regular plastic that you're heating up in there. Well, no, it's a plastic you cook on, but still, you know. Mm. That's the only thing I have a reservation for, but I heard it tastes good. I heard. From, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've heard now yeah. from multiple people. It's fucking amazing. That's what people it's, keep saying. Yeah, it's yeah. the business. So yeah. I'm on it. I'm gonna do it. I'll give you guys this feedback. Hopefully, I live with the plastic. I figure <laughs> I'll use the butcher box grass fed. That'll cancel it out. Mm. Yeah, so I'll be all right. All right. So I got a, I got an article for you. This is another duh article. But I love sometimes I love studies because you need to you have to confirm the obvious sometimes. Mm -hmm. So here's the title of the study, and this was uh, in. Fist Post, which is like a psychology uh, publication. So here's the title of it. Women, but not men, seek to actively punish sexualized women, a study finds. So new research has found evidence that both men and women are prejudiced towards sexualized women. But only women are willing to endure a cost to themselves to punish a woman who appears to be promiscuous. So they did this study where... They took uh, people and through the study, they were able to see if people were willing to punish another individual if they were perceived as being promiscuous at a cost to themselves. So not, they would also suffer, but but they would want to punish someone enough that they wouldn't mind suffering. So there was it was like a game where you lose money or whatever. Men didn't want to do that. Although both sexes were prejudiced towards women who were considered promiscuous. You know, that's why you have the terms like slut and all that stuff. It was the women who were the most who were the who were the most adamant at punishing the other women. Really? Yeah. Which to me is you know I pub I actually posted this in the forum just to see what people would say, and it was a lot of comments. It, it went off. There was a lot of conversation around it, and women. A lot of women in the comments were like, "Yeah, this is." You know, some of them were saying one of our forum members is like, "Well, you know, I'm I'm a, a exotic dancer." And she's like, women are the ones that give me the hard time. It's never men. It's never mm. guys that give me the, the real hard time. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. And it's, 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 of course not. I know it's fucked up, it's right? Pretty, it's not fucked up. It's pretty obvious, it right? It is obvious. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, I've read a lot about this and, um, evolutionary scientists think it's, uh, it's just because for a long time, sex was a very valuable currency yeah. that women held. That's what it is. And if you're in a tribe and, or a society and, there's a woman that's just giving out sex for free. It devalues what you have to offer. Well, don't so you, then the women come yeah. together and they banish. I was going to say, don't you feel like, too, that we're just naturally more competitive with our own sex? Wouldn't you think so? For the things that we are Just period. With? Anything. Like I, I was just thinking, I was just watching this video uh, on Stan Efferding's page, and he's got this girl that I'm following now, 
and she squats like fucking 600 and something pounds. Oh, I've seen her. Yeah, like that's fucked up. Yeah, like three times <laughs> yes. what, I, what I can do. But I'm like, I'm rooting for her. Like I'm not, I'm not like, Urgh. like. Yeah. But if it was a guy, there's a different, there's a different feeling that you have about yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like there's something, there's more of this competitiveness that you have with another male because it's a male versus oh because it's a woman. I, I'm, I'm cheering. I for mean, her. that's part of you it. You know what I'm saying? But this is a very specific thing, you know, because I think most women can, uh, or a lot of women can identify with, you know. Not not wanting to be labeled that, you know, fine, I've wore a short skirt, now people are going to look at me a particular way. And, and they're under a different type of scrutiny than men are, right? Because men can, we can kind of be promiscuous and not have the same kind of scrutiny. But a, a lot of it comes from other women. And, and again, like I said, scientists think it's because for a long time they had to control the the you know, the market for sex, if you will. And if there's too much of it out there, it devalues, uh, you know, their, one of their currencies, one of their powerful currencies. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why they think, um, you know, female humans are uh, able to, or have sex even when they're not able to procreate because not all mammals do that. Most mammals only have sex when they're in heat, uh, whereas female humans have sex all the time. And they think that that was a part of the way that they kept their mate around was mm. they were able to provide them. So that's just, it's like a currency, right? So if you've got another woman in your tribe who's attractive and banging all the dudes, you and the other women are going to come together and be like, "We need to kill her." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of fucked up, but it's an obvious one. You know? Yeah, so that's no, why I think I, so. I that one. Hey, what did you get uh, as far as your results on your bulk or cut? Oh, I saw yeah. your I saw your post on I'm your. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, you so got... it was a little bit of an experiment. So I posted on my Insta- Instagram. I put bulk. Yeah, of course. I want yeah. you. To, I want yeah. you to get jacked. Yeah, yeah of course you did. I want you to do like 500 milligrams of testosterone. Whoa, and put fucking, calm down. Put like 30, 30 <laughs> calm down. pounds on you. I Come on. Not, no, no, no. Come on. I'm good, man. Yeah. I uh, I get no, swole. I, so I took a selfie. I had a good workout. Nice pump. Good lighting. You know, Sal. Typical Sal selfie. Everything looked good. Mm-hmm. Posted it, and I said, you know, I weigh 194 pounds. Should I go for a bulk or should I get shredded? And the reason why I did that wasn't because I want, you know, an opinion so I know which direction to go. I wanted to see what ratio of men to women would want me to bulk versus cut. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And uh, Were you able to tease that out? I was. uh, Oh, So I didn't get the exact number, but uh, predominantly men wanted me to bulk. Of course. And shred was far more women. Yeah, uh, which I which was, was obvious to me. It's, it's just another. funny. I mean, I knew that was going to happen, yeah. but I wanted to test it out to see. Dude, now, we- now the hardcore fitness people. Here's a crazy thing: the hardcore fitness people, because then I would look and see. Because there's a lot of people voting, right? So I looked through at least a few hundred, and when you could see that their avatar or whatever was like of a, somebody who obviously worked out, either they're flexing or they're competing. Those people wanted me to bulk. So all the people that are really into like working out. Wanted me to bulk. More of the everyday, especially women, said get shredded. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Dude, I weighed myself for the first time today in probably three, four months, maybe more. Got a guess? How much you weigh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, two, 205. 210. 196. Holy shit! I haven't been I haven't been under 200. You and I weigh the same almost? 196 right now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Bradley Cooper look is on full effect. <laughs> it's in full effect. That's actually doing a, the Fight Club by uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah, that's actually yeah. technically a good old fine body weight for you. Well, it's where my it, you know part of me kind of doing this right now. Uh, I, my volume of training is extremely low. I'm kind of just eating when I'm hungry. You know, I, I know I've said it for a long time on the forum, and and everybody used to fucking talk shit to me. 
but that's because they came into me after I'd been training to be on a stage. My body really wants to be around this one, and I think it'll keep going lower. I'm actually soft right now, so if I were to lean out and get to a lower body, yeah. But you also said you haven't been lifting that much. I wonder if you really yeah, lift if you just composition change. Yeah, you, you, I think that would be. You're probably right. Like I'm, but I still think because I mean, you and I are both ectomorphish. Yeah, I mean we both are. And you're taller than I am, so you're, you're what six three, six yeah, four, six three. Yeah, so I, you're probably, you know, if you're real consistent pushing it, you know, and your hormone levels are normal, you're probably going to be around two hundred to a five is where I would think, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. You know, I'm kind of like just allowing myself to lean out kind of naturally like that. I'm cleaning the diet up starting this starting now in January, so we'll kind of see what happens to my body composition. Picking up, like I said, picking up the training again multiple times per week, but I'm not going to go crazy. I just want to kind of see where my body mm -hmm. kind of lands. I also just sent in my test uh, from Everywell too, so I just sent the testosterone one in. So I'll see get, where that's at. Yeah, so we'll see where that's all at. But I just found that interesting. I've weighed myself in yeah. months. If I'm not pushing myself in terms of my resistance training and I'm not like really lifting and, and feeling good, my weight tends to want to be in the one. It'll it'll fall below 190 easily, 188, yeah, yeah. 187. Yeah, it takes work for me to be up in the yeah. 200s for sure. Yeah, right now I'm feeling really healthy, so I'm able to eat more, assimilate more of the food, and, and so my body weight's in that mid 190. And I'm not shredded right now. I'm relatively lean, but I'm not shredded. Um, and I think this is where I mean, I know people. More people said bulk for me than cut, but I don't even know if I. I mean, I don't think I can bulk without. I, I, I don't think I can add more muscle. I've been doing this for so long. I think I've hit that. Psh, that peak, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think I can ever go past that anymore. Oh well. Maybe a few pounds, but not like you're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna add, unless you take on something like a synthetic. You know? No, no. I'm gonna, no. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> remain. I gotta stay this way, man. Because if I go on some shit, I'll want to stay out. I'm sure. Uh, that that article that we that blog I did on on CrossFit, it's I haven't gotten any heat yet for it. Thought oh, I would. Oh, it's well written. I wanted, uh, yeah, I wanted that to happen. Like get some <laughs> get some haters in the in the group and. You know, come after you. I was bit. very honest with my opinion. It's something that we've talked about on the show about the some of the follies of, of the CrossFit exercise programming. I think business. we. I think it. Yeah. I, I think right now it's 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 getting around to our audience and people that already listen to the show and are, are people connected to us. So I don't think it's a big shock and awe. Like when you read yeah. it, I think I think it's well written. I think yeah. you articulate your points. And we've already said this on the show many, many times. So I don't think it's that. I, I wasn't expecting you to get any real controversy. Now, if it does get shared in the CrossFit community and there's more and more people that read it, I'm sure you'll ruffle some feathers. Mm -hmm. But anybody that listens to the show, they understand our stance. Yeah, I just wanted to see the counter argument, you know, but it's just, it's, it's kind of hard to argue like a lot of those points because, again, it's it's pretty well thought out. Yeah. Have we, I mean, it's been a while since we looked at stuff like that. Do you guys know where where CrossFit is? Like, is, are there more gyms closing now than opening? Like, yeah, I would love to see those stats. Yeah, I think, the, I think nationally, just from my research, nationally it's flat. Um, and then over, I know overseas it's growing. Overseas it's yeah. growing. Nationally it's flat. Now, my finger on the pulse of it uh, from people who I've talked to who are in the the world, the business world of CrossFit, are saying that it's starting to shrink mm. in the U.S. That it's it's not that's flattened out. Now it's starting to d decline a little bit. Um, I don't think the bubble has popped yet, but I think we're starting to see, see uh, signs that the the trend is uh is, is dying off and usually what happens in fitness is a trend will explode um and it gets depending on how much value it provides it will help determine how big it gets mm -hmm. then there's a bit of a 
flattening out, then it pops, and then you start to get a little backlash. You know what I mean? Where people start to talk crap about it or make fun of it. Yeah. Um, and we're not there yet. I don't think we're at that point yet, but I, I definitely think something like that's going to happen. I think we're going to keep a lot of the good. And- Doug, do you, can you find anything on this? I would love to hear like how many gyms in this last year of CrossFit have opened or closed and where 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 it's at in this this passion. I don't know. You know what I I wonder is has it got big enough to where it's so big, it's got so much power and momentum that they can still they can pivot and move and start to make better decisions because then I also hear that side of it too. I hear people that are you know that have drank the cool Kool-Aid and they talk all about the great stuff that's coming down and how they're changing their views on things and they're trying to make this better and they're trying to make that better so hmm. you know maybe maybe it grew to a size that they I well, mean most of the ones I've heard that are doing well have removed themselves from the branding of CrossFit That's, that's what I'm saying I feel so like it's it, like I, I don't know if that's a win for CrossFit That's what I'm saying I think what may happen is uh, a lot well, of the that's good the, stuff was okay, kept Now let's use that exact example with something very close to us which is 24 fitness and most of the really really successful trainers are off doing their own thing and have created their own thing does 24 hour fitness still exist i know it filed for mm. chapter 11 at one point but i mean it's it's still a massive company that's still around and still making tons of money um yeah but it's controlled differently like 24 hour fitness owns the gyms that they own um, no i get it but my point of that is the point that you guys just made was that there's a bunch of people that are no longer with CrossFit that are doing their own thing because they're having more successful, but they were having a lot of success under CrossFit. They realized, oh shit, I could go do this on my own. Well, that's the exact same process well, here's a, more direct- a trainer goes through when they work for Yeah, a big but it's not, that's not a good comparison. He would be a better comparison. Imagine if the gym managers for 24 Fitness had the opportunity to at some point eliminate the 24 Fitness name and then put another name on it and not have to pay a fee to 24 Fitness. That would have just de- that would have destroyed it. Imagine that. Like you could use their name, build up your business, build up a, 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 a amount of people, and then say, "I don't want to pay my fee anymore." That's what a lot of the, the, the gyms are doing. Mm-hmm. Is they're using the, they use the CrossFit name to grow an audience, uh, and then they took it off. Yeah, but with that, there's probably a lot of people that because they know they can do that, go like, "Oh shit, I'm going to do that too," and they have the intentions of doing that, but they can never get out from underneath that umbrella because they're not good enough to grow it. So outside long of as that. the brand has the same pull, yeah, you're right. Right, right. So yeah. I, I think, I think that it probably appeals to a lot of people because of what you just said. Like, I if I was thinking the same thing, I'd be like, "Well, shit, you know, I don't know a lot about CrossFit, but I can totally put the name underneath it. I'll use all their programming. I'll do what they say. I'll hopefully that'll grow my business up, mm-hmm. and then once I get to a point, then I'll swoop and I'll change." How many people get involved with it and start to do it with those intentions and never get to the point where they can even branch out? It's interesting. Like there was like sort of a um, a bunch of these leagues like that popped up for like a fitness sport league. I think it was like a super league. And then there's also Titan Games that's coming out. Wow, that's worldwide. Wow, though that's still. Wow, yeah. that's that's mostly coming growth, from okay United States down to two to five percent per year. Okay, yeah. so, so since 2015, affiliate growth has slowed the United States down to about two to five. So it's still getting growth year over year, bro. Yeah, huh. very very very. It's it's flattening out. So I've talked to approximately uh, percent of them. I've, still I've talked to a, a few people who have owned multiple I'm locations, and one of the big pulls of wait a second, I want to read this, dude. There's a lot of stuff in here. Hold on. Yeah, you can, you can read uh, those, it. It appears to be you know, in the past <laughs> twelve. Months. Well, there's a, it's all the wait. questions. All the okay, questions wait. that we were talking and asking. Doug yeah. found a good article right here. In the past twelve months, twenty five hundred new affiliates registered with CrossFit. I can't see because of thing yeah eight, eight, 820 we're in the, in the united US. states 
Yeah. This is uh, isn't this the their the CrossFit publication? This actual publication, Morning Chalk Up. Yeah. 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 It's definitely a yeah. I think CrossFit it's, affiliated. Yeah. Um, not saying that it's wrong. Just uh, no, they, yeah. just, they just do that with everything. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it is. It's actually so I've talked to a few people that own a lot of these boxes, and one of the big uh, alluring things about a CrossFit initially was its low cost of starting up. You could just open up this right. warehouse gym. It wouldn't cost that much. You can't do that anymore. You talk to a lot of these CrossFit yeah, owners. Well, because everyone's elevating. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. The cream so, rising to the top. That's what. So there's a lot of the factors that contributed to its growth are starting to fall off. And so we're, we're seeing this flattening out. I've heard about that. And with the city like ordinance or whatever, like they've made it so you had to go into retail locations if you had like a fitness type of a, a oh really yeah like they've moved it so you can't you can't necessarily run out of like warehouse or industrial um th- this is what i've heard in a lot of cities have done that how's oh. our how's our buddy ronnie doing i haven't actually i was just thinking about him when you were talking about this and i haven't seen him pop up in my I know phone. yeah there's there's a few guys like that are, are good friends of mine that still running you know crossfit boxes in the area so I'm, yeah i'm wondering how how they're their boxes are doing. Yeah, I don't think that. I mean, we've talked to quite a few people now, and off air, we've shared financials with us, and it, it doesn't seem like if you own one, one or two of these things, there's not a ton of money in them. Yeah. You're not, you're not killing it. You know, you're. It's definitely one of those things you're doing because you love it, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing it because you get to own your own gym. Say you own your own gym, you get workouts whenever you want. You got this little facility that you can go into whenever you feel. I think that uh, that's more and more people are figuring that out or finding out that, oh, shit, it's really not a super lucrative business. And like Sal said, it sounded appealing at the beginning because you could get in for 10 or 20 grand. Yeah. You could have basically a box that is would work, but that box definitely is not going to compete with some of these boxes now that are all done up and sick, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what it, what ends up happening. I, I think we're gonna I think it's gonna flatten out and I think it'll start to drop. I don't think it'll go away. Um I think those it's still gonna exist. I don't think it's gonna be necessarily like a bubble like uh you know some of the other trends that we've seen because there's some fundamentals in, in CrossFit that are uh, we've talked about many times that really fundamentally affected. I, I really thought that Orange Theory was going to be the death of it. I really did. I really believe that when you look at the majority, right, there's only a very small percentage of CrossFit people that are competing in the games. Like when you think of the total mm-hmm. growth, the total mm-hmm. amount of people that are going to these facilities, that most of them are the average Jane or Joe that wants to be in shape and be healthy. Yeah. And most of those people, honestly, probably be, shouldn't be doing a lot of the stuff that's in there. And Orange Theory comes out and does something that kind of appeals to those people, I think, a lot better than the CrossFit mentality. And so I thought that the, with the rise, this sharp rise of OTF, that it would do a significant dent in the business. So I wonder, because they're still on the they're still on the clock. Oh, they're, they're growing very quickly. Very quick. And I think a lot of that is being fed from CrossFit. People that have already, over. Yeah, already decided that they like this class type setting, this group workout that's challenging, that's high intensity. Only now you get to do it in the comfort of a nice air conditioned or heated room mm-hmm. with TVs and monitors with your name up on it and points and community. Like it's got all the same all the same cool stuff that CrossFit does. When this you article out. says that uh, that now more affiliate locations are located outside of the U.S. than inside the U.S. Mm-hmm. So the growth has exploded. And so, what does that tell you? That tells you a couple different things. Either it's saturated here, the market is now bared what's going to bear, and it's met market demand, or 
what we're witnessing, which is what we've seen many times in the fitness industry, not saying this is what's going to happen with CrossFit, but this is just what tends to happen, is that you you get this growth and then a reversal of growth where everything kind of backs goes back down. So we'll see, we'll see. Time will tell what's going to. What, do you think it'll happen. forever exist? I think. Or do you think it'll? You think it'll completely die one time at one at one point? I don't know. That's one a good one can only hope. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah, just it. I think because they. I think because they did the sport in it. I don't think it will completely die. I think there's too many people that think it's fun. I think it's cool to watch. I think it's a very cool sport, and I think that 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 because of that. Even at, like kettlebell sport, like it's going to exist. Mm-hmm. Will it ever grow to be something massive? Probably not. You know no. what I'm saying? It's not. It's not going to go anywhere massive, but it's it'll still exist because there'll be people that really love kettlebells and love training that way, and it's fun and it's competitive. Yeah, there, there's always going to be room for these niche uh, communities, like powerlifting communities, like strongman communities. Like there's, and, and they'll get you know their their time in the sun where yeah, like I remember strongman was way more popular back in the day. Uh, and I'm sure they got a lot more views, uh, you know, on ESPN and stuff, but I, I'm sure like it just kind of goes, it comes and goes based off of what people are interested I in. I think, I think the sport hinges on the, uh, the good looking fit, but attainable looking athlete. I think as, they, as long as they have these athletes that look ripped and look muscular, but kind of look attainable and have good personalities, mm. I think that'll that's already, stop keep testing. Going. That's you know already I mean? changing, yeah. though, yeah. right? I, that's already, I mean, they're looking more freakish. Like bodybuilders. Yeah. I mean, they're they're definitely, and then we like that discussion we have with John Romano. I mean, it, after talking to him, I feel convinced that everybody is cycling steroids. Yeah. You well, know, even the ones that don't even totally look like it are just better at cycling on and off of them than other people. We'll see. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, Maps Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpromedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Quee-qua. First question is from Double Zero Silk Drop. What are some exercises for strengthening wrists? Oh, she was a little more to this question. She said that when she fatigues doing dumbbell exercises, that her wrists start to break. Give way. Mm. Yeah. And you know, this is... um Common. It's very common. Mm-hmm. It's very common with clients. And, you know, for the average lifter, maybe not so common. But then as you can start to get really strong, what do you th- mm-hmm. it now, becomes an issue. Because it's so common, we've all seen this for a long time. Have you ever speculated on why that is? Like why that's a common theme now? Oh my! Well, do you think think it's because we just don't carry shit anymore? Our hands are our hands are what connect the rest of our body to the real world. And in the in the real world, if you can't hold something or handle something with your hands, then you can't move it. You can't handle it. Doesn't matter how strong your legs and your arms and your back is, you can't do anything with it. And everyday life consists of typing buttons and opening car doors. And we don't even. We don't even open windows anymore the same way. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that long ago when you had to open your car window. You had to crank on a... That's old school. Yeah, you had to crank on a knob. Now you just... Everything's buttons. So our hands are just so weak. And when they do strength tests mm-hmm. of the population, because there's studies that show that kids are something absurd, like 20% weaker 
uh, than they were just 20 years ago. It's something, it's something scary like that. Or the elderly when they I test I would their love strength. the test. Uh, I remember when I was um, in Chicago and, and I ran a, a lab for, um, for the strength conditioning lab. And we tested the entire campus on their grip strength. And it was so crazy. Like the very, you'd see like um, just 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 how like certain people were like very strong, but it was like a very small amount of people that had like really strong grip strength. Well, what I always tell people is, regardless. Okay, so let me put it this way. Let's say someone's doing a chest press, and they're like, "Oh, you know, when I'm lifting this weight, uh, my chest and my shoulders get so fatigued. What should I do?" Well, the answer would be you have to go lighter. You can't handle that weight. But for some reason, when it comes to the hands and wrists. People don't understand that. My wrists break when I fatigue. What should I do? The same thing you would do if your chest couldn't lift it, your back couldn't lift it. You got to back down. You're just yeah. not strong enough right. to handle that weight. Yeah. And it, realize where it's about to break. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I, I try and really slow down the process and and identify that and, and focus on that. And so that's, that's an area where, okay, if that's a weakness, let me like really dive into that and like get into the isometric portion of that where I'm like, okay, where's this, uh, I need to stop my movement and really focus on, you know, being able to mm. strengthen that, that, that. Well, this is where your tension stuff comes yeah. in big time. You know, this is where, and this is where I do see value in doing things like, you know, an alternating uh, dumbbell press where mm -hmm. what that you're having to stabilize these dumbbells that you're pressing back and forth. And because of that, you're keeping tension in that area for a longer period of time than if you were to just be pressing both dumbbells together. Like there's a lot of value for somebody who has weaker wrist to do types of movements like this that will challenge that. And it's and creating think, that extra tension. Like yeah. You. And I think too, like a lot of just stabilizing, um, like, so for, I mean, one that's that's not like super easily accessible because not everybody has kettlebells, but like such a great exercise, you know, for like an overhead press with the bottoms up press, uh, just because of the way that the weight is above your hand and it the, the forces it, it pr provides like left to right, front to back, and you know, rotationally, you, you have to you have to stabilize a lot more. Uh, as you go to press, and it, it really does help to uh, focus all that around the wrist and in the form. Yeah, there were two bad habits that I developed as a as a young lifter because I started out with bad technique because I had observed it in bodybuilding magazines, and I thought that was the way you were supposed to lift. And it took me a long time to correct them. So one of them was when I would do a back exercise is I would grip the bar with the my fingertips. So I wouldn't take a full grip on the bar. I grip on my fingertips because I would read these bodybuilders say, you know, don't take a full grip because you can isolate your back more and squeeze your back more. Now, whether that's true or not, I started working out that way and it got to the point where I had to use wrist straps um, in order to lift heavy weight. And uh, at some point I realized like the, the folly in that. And so I went back to using a, a regular grip, got rid of my wrist straps. It took me, it took me about a year to build up my wrist strength or my hand strength to get to the point now where I could grip a, a you know a weight that I could lift with the rest of my body, you know that that my hands could also handle. The other bad habit that I developed was, and this came from watching uh, or looking at pictures of uh, like Arnold benching, was this thumbless wrist back mm. you know grip on the bar. You guys know exactly what yeah. I'm talking. About. I guarantee you guys did the same thing. Everybody oh, did, right? Yeah. Where the bar kind of sits in your palms. Your thumb is not around the bar. It's on the same side as your fingers. It's like what they call monkey grip. So you don't even have a hard grip on the bar, and you press the weight. And I developed that habit uh, for years. And then when I went to go correct it, man, I didn't feel stable with a full grip. I almost yeah. felt I couldn't lift as much, so I had to back way down 
um, and and get and get to the point where I could handle. Again, you got to back down because that whatever your weakest link is, that's the determining determining factor with the amount of weight that you're going to use. Even if the weak, weakest link is not the target muscle group, yeah. that still is the weakest link. Well, otherwise you have to like support it with a wrist wrap or something like that to be able to stabilize it, you know, externally. Um, but yeah, it's, you have to do the work. You have to, you have to get different grips that you have to get used to and adjust towards and, um, you know, pick things up that are heavy and hold them and stabilize them. And it's just really like uh, real basic things like that can really help build and develop uh, more strength well, around your wrist. There's not a lot of information on wrist and hand uh, strengthening online, mainly because it's not sexy. Um, and a while ago, I I, had I convinced, mean these wrists are sexy. Dude. Yeah, yours are super uh, sexy. Uh, <laughs> wrist model, creepy. Yeah. creepy. The uh, a while ago, I convinced uh, Taylor to let me do just a basic forearm, you know, hand strengthening uh, workout video. And the reason why I had to convince him is because he's like, no one's gonna watch it. Nobody cares about that stuff. <laughs> Which I understood. It's a valid point. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a valid point. <laughs> it's not sexy. But I also thought it's there's nothing else out there. So maybe because we'll be one of the few guys presenting stuff that it'll get some traction. It actually did. It got a lot of views. I don't know how many views it's at now. You would know better than me, Adam. Yeah, no, it's up there. It's one of our. It's in the top ten most viewed uh, YouTube videos we've done. And it's just a basic uh, wrist strengthening, developing video. So you could check that out. I'll have uh, Jackie put that in our show notes. But keep this in mind. There's basic. There's basically maybe four or five basic things that you want to um, address with your hands and your wrists if you want to work them out. Uh, the first one is wrist extension. That's where if you're looking, if your arm is out in front of you where your palm is facing down, extension would bring would be bringing your fingertips back towards your forearm. So not curling them down, mm-hmm. but bringing them back. So like That's reverse curls. And like stuff. a reverse curl, right? Yep. That's called wrist extension. So you want to strengthen that. Uh, and you could do that very easily with dumbbells where you place your hand at the edge of a bench so your hand is kind of hanging over. You have a dumbbell and you just do, you know, where you pull your hand up. Mm-hmm. The other one is wrist flexion. That's pointing down. That's where you curl your wrist down. Um, the other two directions are left to right. Uh, so that's lateral flexion um, or extension. So that's that's where – and you can do that also with a dumbbell where like you – Hammer curls too. Yeah, a hammer curl will do that. Or just, just brace your arm on a bench, hang your hand over – and then bring your thumb up toward. It's a very short movement, yeah. and you could do the same thing with the opposite direction. And then there's grip strength, where you want to squeeze something and go through a full range of motion, where you're actually strengthening the grip. But here's the other thing that you want to consider. See, I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of doing isolation exercises for something like this because everything you just named, there's a bigger movement that has a ton of carryover for that. Like I would never like tell someone just to deadlifts. Yes, like yeah. deadlifts would be for the for like your grip strength you're talking about. I would do reverse curls to get what you're trying to get for uh, um, extension on the wrist. I would do um, something where uh, like a, a hammer curl for you know uh, for your lateral like going back up and down right, right, right with right. your wrist. Like so, I would pick bigger movements that also accomplish that at the same time and mm-hmm. just slowly progress that because I feel like there'd be well, and I think so much carryover. I agree that. with that. I also think too that there needs to be emphasis on uh, a bit of like the priming element to like how can I set myself up uh, for uh, all these different types of movements that my wrist is capable of. So these wrist cars that we present in you know, Maps Prime Pro or like you see, uh, you know, in FRC, um, you know, they, they help to 
show you like sort of where uh, the discrepancies lie, where you're not being able to produce any sort of power or, uh, you know, control. Yeah, no, I agree. I think if you do a lot of good fun foundational movements, the average person probably doesn't need to do um, or won't need to do a lot of these movements. However, there are situations like this where, you know, because if you read her whole thing, it's a limiting factor for her. She would probably benefit from doing some stuff with her hands and wrists. There's also the population of people, which is actually rather large, of people who have uh, wrist issues from working on a computer, like carpal tunnel. You know, carpal tunnel syndrome, I've had a lot of clients who showed signs of that and through working on their hands, wrists, and also using uh, massage, we were able to completely eliminate a lot of those issues and pain. Um, so that I think it's still important to pay attention. But I will say this, you know, uh, with when it there's different forms of strength with your muscle and with muscles. One of them is isometric strength. That one is the most valuable when it comes to your grip. You know, for example, like, like if when I look at my uh, my legs, for example, there's a lot of value in being strong and moving through a full range of motion. There's definitely value in being isometrically strong, where I just maintain. A position, yeah. but that's no more well, apparent than with the hands. Think about what you're doing through all these reps or exercises that that uh, you're doing with a barbell, you're doing with a dumbbell. You you're hold holding on. the entire time. Like the rest of your uh, limbs are, you know, in your your joints are, you know, flexing, extending. But like your wrist is, you, I mean, you're locked in that position, and so you want to train to be able to endure, you know, a longer period of time. Yeah, and, and this is easy. You could do this uh, if you have to. If you want to work on your isometric strength for your hands, it's super easy. You can get yourself a five dollar pair of grippers, which are cheap. You probably don't even need to get grippers. You can actually just squeeze a ball or something like that. But get some grippers. And then at your desk, uh, do a few reps and then hold it for a little bit. You don't want to go to fatigue because you can overtrain your hands like anything else. But just hold it for 10 seconds, squeeze it and let it go. Do that, you know, two, three times a day. If your hands start to get sore, your forearms start to get sore, you start to feel pain up at the elbow where the forearm muscles attach, lay off on it for a little while, jump back on it. You'd be surprised at how fast the hands get strong. And I, I've, I've, because I, I did uh, sports like judo and jujitsu, which rely a lot on grip strength. Because we're using the gi, I used to work on my hands all the time. One thing I used to love doing, this is a lot of fun, especially if we have any jiu-jitsu guys listening or judo guys, this is a great one. Take your gi, wrap it over a pull-up bar, and do pull-ups by holding on to the sleeves. So you're working on that. See, now that I like shit like that I like. That I like because there's so much carryover and something else that you're doing. I feel like I, I don't think I've ever had a client ever in my life that I've sat down and done you know, isometric wrist type movements where I'm just sitting there doing like a dumbbell curl that I would, mm. I think if this person, uh, moved away from as much, maybe I'm deadlifting with the barbell, that's about it. But all like my pressing movements and stuff, I would now move to dumbbells because of the instability of the dumbbell. You're going to get more wrist mm. strength from that than doing like a straight barbell. I think the bottoms up press that Justin said is fucking for sure a staple movements in there. I think reverse curls and hammer curls, and and then doing like the strap pull-ups, man. You put that into your routine, yeah. And just you can do the same thing you mentioned too with like two towels. Like I remember, you used to do that quite a bit. And yeah, like do pull-ups with two towels, so you have to grip the towel and then. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, now here's another thing too. Um, I don't know if, uh, if if you guys have done this well. When I'm doing a heavy dumbbell press, if I place my hand in the middle of the bar, it's not. It doesn't feel as stable as when I slide my hand to the to where my hand touches the bell 
on one side. Mm-hmm. Is that a technique that either of you have ever used, or do you go straight in the middle each time? Oh, yeah. No, if I'm going like heavier, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I definitely will slide out a bit so it's like So it's bracing against, against one side. Exactly. Yeah, there's a little technique. Well, you could, you could mess, you can make it, if you were trying, if I was, again, trying to strengthen my wrist, actually grabbing... Like so, let's say I'm doing ha- hammer curls. Now it's natural for someone to grab either middle or to the top to where the right, dumbbells right, right, right. resting. But if I was trying to strengthen you, I would go the opposite on the mm. bottom. Yeah, on the bottom. Oh yeah. I would yeah. challenge because that would as you as you resist on the way down, it's going to be much more challenging for mm-hmm. you to do that. And if that's what we're that's that our adaptation that we're chasing, those are little adjustments that I would make. And see, that's how th- th- at least that's how my brain works as a trainer. I'm running you through your your still your all your movements that I would want you training. I'm just making little variations like that. I'm going to do a bottoms up press instead. Instead of doing like a normal curl, I'm going to do a reverse curl and, and a hammer curl inside there. Instead of doing just standard pull ups, I'm going to grab the 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 t shirts or the like you said or. I'm gonna do uh, deadlifts with the axle bar. Like, there, uh, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a lot of the same type of movements. I'm just gonna make some subtle adjustments that I know to I'm gonna, to challenge my hands that much more. There's uh, one exercise in particular that nobody ever does anymore. That uh, probably all you would ever have to do is this exercise if you just wanted to work your hands and wrists uh, a little extra. Is a Zotman curl. Mm, um, right. uh, that you know that works kind of through the full range of motion. Of curling and it's a great exercise. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it's it was a staple back in the day. Nobody does them anymore because it's not like a bicep hammering exercise, but it does work your biceps, works the brachialis, the brachioradialis, it works the forearm flexors and extensors. It works them all. Yeah, no, it's that's great, a really good one. You know, movie. when we we're talking about forearms, um, I know a lot of guys work out because I want to appeal to the opposite sex. Do you know when they do surveys of women? Yes, we've talked about this. Yeah, before. it's like one of the top five <laughs> yeah. body parts that women find most attractive. I think in it men. falls under the pup hand, hands I, and forearms. I, I think no, I think it falls under the arms category. I think it's. I don't yeah. think it's specifically. Just, I think it's arms. Well, what, the the poll that I I don't remember what this was. We had a debate or something. I looked it up. I think they were saying something like when a man rolls his sleeves up and you can see his forearms and it, you know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, next question is from Madness Fit. How woo-woo are you guys about toxins, molds, plastics, etc.? What steps do you take to consciously limit your exposure to toxins? This is a good question. Yeah, didn't you say you were doing something with your woo-woo. Wi-Fi at home? Now turn it off. And- I I did, and so I think I think I'm probably one of the better people to ask about this because I think I think Sal's the most woo-woo about everything. <laughs> I think Justin don't give a fuck. No, and then I think I'm somewhere in the middle where I I'm always trying to make conscious efforts to limit this stuff um so some of the examples of things that i'm not i'm not good about one wi-fi like letting my wi-fi i've got all the little uh, adapters in my house so i get like maximum you know wi-fi in there which i'm probably just shooting more of that shit through me can't be ideal right and i know that so because i know that i'm not somebody who's as weird as ben greenfield where i'll have no wi-fi in my house because of that and make it like that. But I'm the type of person... I hope he's weird. I hope in like 10 years we're not like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> we were all smoking cigarettes and didn't realize it. You know? Right, right. No, I and, and that's what a lot of these people that are really extreme with it believe. Mm-hmm. You know, they believe that that's going to be that. I don't so much believe that. I believe that a lot of these studies that we're seeing that all these things are starting to connect or link to cancer, I think it's an accumulation of all of it. I think microwaving your plastic, I think taking in all this artificial fucking food, I think having Wi-Fi blasted on you all the time, staring at screen, I think all these things are compounding and all the chemicals we're putting on our skin and our body, I think it's just an accumulation of all of that that is that is starting to compound and cause 
these negative side effects that we're hearing about and seeing. So that being said, I don't run around with a tinfoil hat all the time, but I do try and pay attention to that. Like I, uh, I the other day, I, I caught myself, you know, microwaving in a Tupperware, and this is I've been I've done this many many times. Now I know ideally, I would be doing that in glass and not plastic. It's not smart for me to do that. So I'm aware of it. So because I'm aware of it, I try and make a conscious effort. Now, am I also the type of person who won't eat something because I have to microwave it? No. I mean, if I have to, if I'm, it's time to eat, happens to be in plastic, I don't have a choice. It's getting fucking cooked. I'm eating some plastic today. That's just kind of how I roll. It's like I'm trying to make a conscious effort all the time to minimize the exposure of all these things that probably, whether they're so bad they're going to cause cancer in my body, I don't know yet, but I most certainly don't think I'm going to try and and challenge that you, you said you started turning your wi-fi off at night too? yeah so recently katrina and i have so we bought these um things i think through xfinity is is who who supplies them and because i have a, a three-story right i i put in every uh, every level there's all these little adapters and so it shoots the wi-fi throughout the house so i got fucking great wi-fi in the entire house well on top of that i'm sure i'm like i'm probably shooting it all over me right on top of that and Katrina and I about, I don't know, I'd say about three months ago, and since we had this, I have this ability to, from my phone and the app, to just shut the entire Wi-Fi off and I can schedule it like, okay, at 10 p.m. at night, I want it to shut down and then restart back up at whatever. And she swears that she feels a difference uh, with her sleep. And I can't, I can't debate her. I don't, I, I definitely don't feel like my sleep is getting worse by us turning it off. And I think I've had some pretty good night's rest and can I can I connect that to the Wi-Fi being turned off? I don't know yet, but I sure as shit, it's not a hard thing for me to do. I'm not using it in the, at one o'clock in the morning, anyways. What does it hurt me if we have the tools to schedule this thing and turn it off? Like fuck it, I'm doing it. You know what I'm saying? Well, what I find funny that, those are them right there. Is that there right there? Yeah. What I find funny is what we considered to be woo woo like five years ago today is like accepted now knowledge. For example. I remember distinctly, okay? I'm going to put us or, on organic, blast. Organic food? Was no, no, no. Bad. I'm going to put us on blast right now. I remember us distinctly making fun of people wearing blue blocker glasses. I remember us being like, oh, God, <laughs> you got to wear glasses now to block the whatever. Who cares? Just eat right and exercise. Well, because you look like an idiot. Well, and okay, you know, so, and you know what? I, I was, so I'm still, okay, I'm still going to get on board with that, though. Like, what I think is awesome about the glasses that we have now is under these fucking dorky ass orange glasses. They look like normal eyewear. Yeah, but besides that, besides the fact that it looks great or doesn't, if somebody had worn glasses four years ago when we started Mind Pump and they look clear and nice, and you said, "Hey, it doesn't look like you have a prescription. Why are you wearing those?" And they said, "Oh, it's to block blue light because it's not good for your pituitary and makes you produce less melatonin." All of us would have chuckled. No, I don't. I disagree. Yes. I, I think part yeah. of what makes me ch- especially you, no, you would have no. made fun if of some no. fashionable. No, problem, yeah, no, wouldn't. I wouldn't. And this yeah. is why I would because I think it's a bit pretentious with the orange. It's like, look at me. I'm blue blocking right now. Look at my family, and we're walking around. It is. It's a lot like owning the first Prius. It's, it's like walking know? around with a stringer. It's like walking around wearing a stringer tank top everywhere. That's the way I look at it. That's. It's not. It's. It, yeah, it, but the, ta- the as far as it's not the guy. It's not because, as far as why they were doing it. All of us were like, oh, that's silly. All of us were like that. Mm -hmm. And now you look at the science, and guess what? Supports the fuck out of it. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to be the case with with everything, because there's a lot of things that we were worried about for a while, and then we realized it's not that big of a deal. But there's a lot of stuff that comes out to be true. Well, organic food just 15 years ago was woo-woo. 
It was. You know, so that I'll get on board with you. What about aluminum foil on everything? And now we're saying, oh shit, leeches in your food, you know, gets stored in your body, probably not a good idea. Uh, What about some of the compounds and certain cosmetics? Now, here's the deal with all this stuff, okay? If because we live in the modern world, if you sit down and make a list of all the shit that could cause insults to your body, you're going to make a list that's a mile long and you're going to be paranoid all the time. So, my advice is this. Focus on the most important things first. If you can't dial those in, you can forget about all the other stuff. Like if your diet is shit, then don't worry about you know getting organic deodorant. Like I, I like that's not going to make that as big of a difference, not even close to as big of a difference. Well, and back your to diet. your back to your blue blocker analogy too. Like we talk about the big rocks and the things that make the biggest impact. And one of the things that we've talked about on this show is sleep is like up there with the most important things that you can take care of yourself. Sleep is. And that has been one of the biggest game changers for me in sleep. And that goes, and the Wi-Fi thing. I mean, Katrina is claiming that she's getting better rest because we've been turning it off like that. Hey, if that's fucking true, even if I don't notice as much like that, I care about my partner that much that I'm on board. I'm on board with this. We'll turn this shit off every single night right before we go to bed because if it's improving your rest. Well, there needed to be these interventions, you know, because of the modern lifestyle and all this bombardment of electronics and, uh, you know, chemical exposure, all these different things. So it's like, we're just, now we're figuring out like oh shit we need to like intervene we need to add this now to combat it because it's not going away you know we're still going to live like this yeah. yeah there's a look there's a lot of money that goes into making you believe or think that there's zero potential negatives to all this new shit that we never had before yeah. don't worry about it it's all good first of all the testing that we do on these types of things is limited because time is limited. The the main testing actually lasts for decades. Like we don't find out for decades that oh wait a minute, maybe that wasn't a good idea. But we won't know for a long time. We won't know the real effects of of Wi-Fi for a long fucking time because we haven't had broad use of Wi-Fi for that long. Yeah. We we really haven't. So so the things that we think are woo woo and we make fun of now, you know I I I I. I Caution people, like okay, you know that's, but also you don't want to also be this paranoid, right? That's fanatic. how I. That's how I feel. I feel yeah. like be aware of all of it, you know, and and make an effort to not be an asshole about it and just ignore it and think like it is. Oh, that's so woo woo and ignore it completely. But you know, again, going back to the like, it's it's almost impossible, I think, for me to make an entire day. Where that's not happening. Where I'm not in a room like this right now. Like we're in a room. We're in a fucking cage right now, and there's Wi-Fi and shit being shot all around us. Like it's bottom. It is all over your face. Yeah, all over your (laughs) face right now. You're getting it. So, I mean, there's there's things like that, and and I'm not that weird about it. That I would choose not to be a podcaster because we were going to be getting all this shit. Like it's like it it is what it is. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change my life that much. But I'm also not such an asshole where I'm like gonna be naive to all this stuff that we know is not ideal for body even if we, we know it doesn't isn't going to kill you we know enough that we know it's not good for your body that's enough for me to make like the conscious effort to try and reduce the consumption or try and well, limit the, the exposure the, of these things the way i look at it is is like this if you were to look at a pie chart uh and you know you, when you work on something it affects a percentage of that pie shot part pie chart excuse me Activity, diet, and sleep is like 90-something percent of it. Everything else is a much smaller percentage. Uh, I, mean, yeah, I guess you could throw relationships and, and that kind of stuff in there as well. Those are all the big rocks. Like, Worry about those things first, and if those things aren't 
taken care of, you're kind of wasting your time worrying about all these other things. Like if you're sitting down watching TV and you don't exercise and you're eating organic gummy worms mm. um, and you're like, well, they're organic, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really helping. You're not really helping yourself. You right. know, like you're, you're kind of missing the big picture. Right. So look at those big things first, start there, and then you can kind of move down the line in, of things you want to kind of worry about. And look, children tend to be more uh, sensitive to a lot of these things. So when we talk about like the thing, the, the plastics and chemicals that are in cosmetics or lotions or toothpaste or shampoo, because a child is developing, they're going to be more sensitive to you know, very weak endocrine disruptors or chemicals that may attach to certain receptors in their body. So you may want to be a little bit more vigilant with your kids um, than you are with yourself. Um, but again, those these things, I, I would say, focus on like like if all the Ameri- if, if Americans just got exercise and diet down, I think we'd see a, a huge impact, obviously. And everybody's health for the positive, even if they were still using, you know, non-organic now, food. Now, are, are you guys, because this is, I don't know, this is a great question because it's making me spin in my wheels right now. Like, I feel like I'm I'm not the person who is so pretentious about it that I won't do something because of that. Mm. Like, I, I because of, oh, this might be, but at the same time, too, I'll make the effort to change my shampoo out, change my... Tooth, my toothpaste out. My soap is my soap is different. Uh, try and limit the amount of times that I microwave plastic. Like, if these are all things that turn off the Wi-Fi, wear my blue blockers at night. But I'll also break all those rules too. I'm also someone who just got back from Tahoe. I'm stuck with the shampoo that they have, the soap that they're using. Sure. Like, uh, you know, what I'm saying I had to reheat uh, some plastic container and eat something. And none of the I didn't not do those things mm-hmm. because I know it's not ideal for my body. But at the same time, too, in my home. I've made those choices. I use Tom's mm-hmm. toothpaste. I've changed my the, to the Bronner stuff. Well, it's I've like why it. you don't bring a scale and just your six pack bags everywhere you go anymore. You Same know? thing. It's, 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 right. Great point. You're you're just like you're just putting it in everybody's face that like oh you guys are yes. It's not know? just that. Yes. It's the quality. It is though. Like, it's your quality of life. You, you, yeah. You, you know. I think if if it gets to the point because yeah, you have less friends. Well. <laughs> <laughs> right. If, well, even if, if you wanted to go on the opposite that, end of it, right? Like say uh, you know you're, you're all in. And technology and like you want to be the first adopter all stuff like look at google glass yeah like that was the dorkiest looking shit i've ever seen and yeah. everybody responded that way even though it was really cool you could do cool shit but it's like you know there's just certain things that you just recognize right away like well, you look like an idiot there's a quality of life so using your example justin of the person with the scale right yeah you can be so fanatical about your diet and exercise no, that was a great it analogy. actually reduces your quality of life right yeah. it, you know so yes you're eating perfectly and you're exercising on a crazy schedule, but your quality of life is shit yeah. because it has taken over your life. And I think that's what we're saying. Like, yes, that's. I think yeah. that's a great way to put it. Right there is like, I'm aware of all these things. I make. I try to make a conscious effort to limit them as much as possible in my life. But I'm also not as big of an asshole about it where I'm going to carry my scale around all the single time. Mm-hmm. That's the same exact thing. And if you were trying to, and not to say that if someone was set a goal for New Year's that hey. I'm gonna limit X, Y, Z in my life. Like I respect that mm-hmm. because it's something you're trying to you're trying to create a new habit in your life. But the way I live my life with the all these things is, I'm not anti them because I think they're woo woo. I'm also not so concerned about them that I won't do social things with other people because I can't be exposed to that mm-hmm. shit. Next question is from Tuba Dan. 
If you were asked to train someone from my 600-pound life, what would you do? Where would you begin? Gosh, have you guys ever watched that show? I haven't watched. I've heard of it, though. <laughs> I, I haven't seen a whole lot of it. How about you, Justin? Have you seen it? Yeah, I have seen it. My uh, Courtney loves that show. I don't know if it's because it, it, certain she, likes, she also likes hoarders. You know, it's almost like... <laughs> Isn't is that weird how we gravitate? It's weird. I, I, yeah. I, I, can, I can relate to her with that. So remember, I'm yeah. the 16 and pregnant thing, right? <laughs> yeah. like, that's my show, right? It's like watching a train wreck. I don't you know, know what it is. You know, yeah. I, well, what I've attributed it to, because it's only when I'm sick that I want to watch it, I think it makes me feel better about my life. <laughs> I think that's what I, it I is. I think that's yeah. why you watch that shit. You watch a 600-pound person like destroying their life. You watch somebody hoarding all their shit, yeah. and you watch You're somebody- like, whoa, that really escalated. Yeah, yeah. like, it, well, it makes you feel better about what- Maybe you- Because we all got shit going on in our life. I don't care who you are. There's something in your life that isn't perfect or could be better. And so when you see somebody on TV that is just fucking up big time, it makes you feel better yeah, about yeah, yourself. I'm not doing so bad. Yeah. You know what this show would, have, you know what this show would be called uh, 100 years ago? Huh. My 300-pound life. Yeah. It's it's 600 pounds. Holy. Yeah, that's the new, the new crazy. Like they have to find, that's the weight that they have to find in order for people to be like, whoa. Like if it was my 350 pound life, it would be, be like, deal. Yeah, that's, that's you got to put in yeah. a lot of work. They'd be like, that's my Uncle size. John. I don't need to watch yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, right. You know? So what does the show do? It just highlights their struggle and, and what's going on with them. Are they trying to lose weight? I think they're trying to lose weight. I think yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think they're trying to lose weight. And I think um, they, they do all the doctor's appointments and all this, and and um, it's it's just it's frustrating for me to watch. That's why I, I didn't really pay close attention to like the premise of the show, other than these people are like so. Uh, it's frustrating because the, the the doctor is like you can just tell has this like the same thing he tells all of them, and none of them listen. And then he, the, the struggling process of trying to get them to understand you know, how to, how to better their life by implementing these, these like really basic things that they can do and they can have b before they give them the surgery, you know, it's like, so this whole process of them trying to, you know, get this surgery and everything. It's crazy. Cause, uh, you know, after new year's, you know, Jessica and I were just drinking like crazy and, you know, having a good time. And after that, I said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be abstinent from all uh, you know, all stimulants, all depressants. So no alcohol, no cannabis, no caffeine, nothing at all um, for the whole month of January. And part of the reason why I wanted to do that was, you know, I don't want to become dependent on anything. And I find myself becoming dependent on caffeine sometimes and, and whatever. And, you know, I realized how many people on a daily basis uh, use substances um, mm -hmm. in order to get by their day, whether it's caffeine, which is caffeine is a, is a mind altering substance. It's a very powerful uh, you know, drug. It's just everybody uses it. Alcohol, cigarettes, whatever. But really, the the most abused substance food. is food. Absolutely. And people use food to you know to 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 blunt uh, their feelings. Um, mm. It's 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 used like a drug. When you're 600 pounds, you are not eating food because you're hungry. Yeah. You're just not. No, it's, it's and that's the thing. I think now it's kind of coming back. Like most of the stories that they have, it's like really traumatic things that happened in their childhood yeah. and. You know, like these horrific, uh, like accidents, or you know, one of their parents died, or, or something, and it they just went in this like downward spiral. Or some of them are just like you know, just self sabotaging, mm -hmm. like, and it just turns into this really humongous problem. And that, that's why it's like you ask, what would we do with them? It's like go to therapy, one hundred percent. Like, like go there. I I don't have the skill set to even deal yeah. with somebody like that. Right. Yeah, I mean, you could. For me to help someone who's 600 pounds as a trainer, they are going to have to want help. Yeah, 90, first of all, 95 yeah. plus percent of 
the effort is going to be psychological with that person. It's already that way with average people. It yeah. is. You know, yeah. just somebody who needs to lose 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. Majority of my time now. And that's, just, I mean, again, that's just, this is the evolution of, of probably all of us in this room as being trainers. Like at the beginning, you're set, you're so focused on, like, I, and I'm sure this person who's asking this question is like, I wonder what exercises they would do. Yep, yep. It's like, I'm not even thinking about that. Like no. I'm thinking about why did you get here? How did we get here? I need to unpack all of that and figure out what's going on with you psychologically and f- try and address that with you. That doesn't require any movement. That's just you sitting sitting down with me mm-hmm. talking and getting to the bottom of this and then me helping you figure that out and then make this commitment. You have to make this commitment before we do anything. Mm-hmm. And then fuck, I think the first thing I would do is take all the food out of the house and take take the, take her car away. <laughs> figure they don't need a car actually. Yeah. A lot of these people are stuck. Yeah. They're stuck in bed. Some Can't of them move. have to get cut out of their house mm-hmm. by the fire department. Um, and a lot of these people are just, they have a, they have a bunch of enablers. So they're literally that's, stuck in bed. That's the biggest problem. They yeah, don't I mean, move. If, if, you know, that's a, that's family a, members just bring well, and that's food. And that's the first thing that you would do, I think, as a trainer, if you're going into- you're talk, well, I'd talk to their family members. Yeah, I'm telling mm-hmm. the family members, stop feeding him or her fucking all this shit. Like, they don't need any of that. Okay, they just ignore them. They can, we can fast for the first couple of weeks here. This person doesn't need to fucking eat all this food. You got plenty of storage mm-hmm. to get them through, and that's what it is. The people that are that are around these these people are enabling them so bad. They're allowing them because you're right. A lot of them can't even get up to go to the refrigerator. And there's a, there's a withdrawal period that they'll go through, just like a heroin addict. I mean, you take somebody who's addicted to to opiates or heroin. There's a period of time that they're going to go through where um, what do they say? You're not talking to the person. You're talking to the drug. They're going to say things. They're going to act in particular ways. They're going to same thing's going to happen with this food withdrawal. You take someone yeah. who's six hundred pounds, and you take away their drug of choice. Oh, they're, um, they're going to get angry. They're going to get angry. They're going to feel all kinds of crazy emotions. They're going to uh, they're, they've lost their coping mechanism. You mm-hmm. know, imagine like all of us have coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Imagine if someone ripped that away from you, how you would feel. You'd have to figure out a new way to cope. So a hundred percent. Therapy would be the first place I would go. Now, if somebody hired me and said, look, I really want help. I don't know what to do. Um, and I, I want to lose this weight, but this is very difficult for me. What, what what can we do? Well, the first thing I would do, and this is how I would approach most people. This is just much more intense. Is I'd start with, in, in, this, this, in this particular case, would be very, very light activity. Um, and then rather than taking foods away, I would include foods. And I'd say, okay, listen, for now, we're not going to change your food. Uh, but what I want you to do is I want you to have uh, one serving of vegetables every day. Can you do that? Um, and, and But it's got to be plain vegetables. We're not going to cover it in nacho cheese or whatever. Um, and I would start somewhere like that. And then maybe the next step I would do is I'd say, okay, you can continue eating what you eat, but the only thing you can drink is water. Because most of these people- in yeah, this, drinking soda uh, and crazy. Constantly. Yeah. I, I watched like one. Dew. It wasn't an yeah. episode of My 600-Pound Life. It was another- There was this, got this Mexican man in Mexico who's so big. He was like 800-something pounds. Um, and he literally, every meal that he had would have a liter uh, or two of soda. Yeah. Every meal. Yeah. And, and a meal would consist of a large pizza. He'd have five or six meals a day. So it'd be like a large pizza- a gallon of ice cream yeah, and fried chicken and a, a, a liter of soda. Yes, yeah, so like crazy. a plethora of crazy stuff. Yeah, so I would say something like, okay, um, you know, for the last two meals, all you could do is drink water or whatever. It would be very, very slow steps. The problem is when you're dealing with someone who's 600 pounds, sometimes medical intervention, many times medical intervention is necessary because you don't have a lot of time. 
Oh so, yeah, something it, like that. That someone asked me before. Yeah. Like this is where I think um, you know stapling your stomach is is accept, acceptable because this person is. Yeah, they have, what do they have? The, a year? Yeah, right. Two years left. Yeah, borderline killing themselves right now, and this they can't even get off off the couch. It's like okay, well, well, isn't also the the I mean the big concern if you put somebody under anesthesia that's that big, like they they could suffocate or like they'll die. They have to. They have to imagine the amount of weight. Yeah, that they ha- like some of them can't lay flat because they suffocate under their own weight. Yeah, but, you know, I watched one where the guy that's so crazy. They turned him over and he was started panicking and uh, they had they had uh, you know they were monitoring his heart rate and they had to mo- they had to move in a better think position. Think about that. I never even thought about that. Like you're if you're you're six hundred eight hundred pounds and you roll over, that's like a four hundred pound person. Yeah, how are you going to get sitting up? on your chest? And you're not strong because you embed all the time. Yeah. So it's it's laborious. It's very laborious to breathe. I uh, uh, you know I used to train a lot of surgeons, and uh, one of my clients did perform a gastric bypass on somebody who was very very big. And he's like, and I asked him, and I used to ask him like, what is it like? Like, what is it like operating on someone with that much, you know, body fat? And he's like, well, you're you're cutting through just a, yeah a, a lot, lot a lot of mass of body fat, and you have to know where you're going hmm. because you could literally think you're. Cutting oh, down because wow, shift left, yeah, right so and much. you could wow. cut over to the side and not. He's like, it, it's it's actually requires a lot of skill. Wow, and he's telling me like how thick he would show me how thick the layers of uh you know of just body fat were that he'd have to cut through and like just repeated cuts to get through this tissue yeah. in order to get to the area that you need to operate. So wouldn't we, I think we'd all agree like the same way that I would treat somebody like that is the same way if I got handed like a hardcore heroin addict that came like the very yeah. first day. It's a, it's an addict. It's like, Pretty yeah, I'm not, same, like, yeah. yeah, like taking that, you know, heroin addict through a bunch of squats and exercises like that. I'm not doing <laughs> them any real good. Like no. I need to address the root cause of why they're addicted to heroin and I need to fix that first before I put them on a nutrition plan or work them out at all. The same thing goes for this person that has eaten themselves to 600 pounds. There's something that, that the the addiction there is so massive, and that's such a hurdle. There's that a we, lot of pain there, man. Yeah, there's yeah. Su- that's such a huge hurdle that teaching an exercise or trying to put together a diet for that person, we're so beyond that that we have to figure this piece out. When first. I see people who are really obese, like very very obese, um, uh, what I personally see. Is I see a lot of pain, yeah. and I see it. What it looks to me, and this maybe this is the way that people need to start. And I don't mean shaming people by any means. Stretch them out. I feel a lot of empathy uh, towards people, but it's no different than looking at someone and seeing their drug addiction. You just don't necessarily see it. Sometimes you can't necessarily see mm-hmm. if someone is an alcoholic or whatever because they're not maybe drunk right in front of you. But when you see someone walking around four hundred something pounds. You're looking at uh, an addict, and there's a lot of pain there, and so I feel a lot of empathy, and I can I see that. I look at them, I go, "Wow, that person is really bearing, you know, what they're feeling with, you know, with food or soda or whatever." So it's that's a that's a really tough um, situation. The hardest part about it is food is necessary. You can't cut it out. Yeah. You know, it's not like a drug. Like, okay, you're never having heroin again. That's cool. Yeah. Like you have to eat. Imagine if just, you told a heroin just a little bit of heroin. Oh yeah, you know, let's, let's let's minimize it. <laughs> yeah, right? let's just minimize yeah. it. And minimize. oh, and by the way, heroin is available everywhere, yeah. all yeah. over the place, and people around you will be doing it all the time. Yeah, yeah. and every yeah. celebration uses heroin. Family's gonna like pressure you to eat their heroin pie. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a it's a difficult Thanks, situation. Mom. Yeah, yeah. Next question is from For a Schneider. What are the benefits of running in the sand? Are you increasing power or stride frequency or both? What was what was Taylor's response? 
I love that he's running in the same. Yeah, do you guys notice he's answering these questions? Yeah, Uh, he's like the benefits being there, looking at uh, the ocean and uh, Uh, you know whatever. Having a barbecue was that what it was? Yes. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, you get a view of the beach, and you get pet strange. You get to pet strangers' dogs. That's oh, hilarious. Yeah, no, That's he's cool. I love that. It's, it's so our audience knows because some people may have no fucking clue if you're brand new coming in. <laughs> Taylor manages the Mind Pump Media IG, and so when you see someone responding to you on there, it's normally him with sarcasm. So I, I hope there's people that get that. Hopefully, they pick up on that. So, yeah, I actually used to really enjoy running on the beach. Uh, in between, like for training, uh, I would I would do that kind of leading into season. Um, and I, as far as the benefits are concerned, I just know that like being an unstable surface uh, had some good carryover to when I would then take it onto the grass field and to be able to, you know, stabilize and really like ground my feet and like drive, um, these ground forces and get power, um, and, and be able to adjust and, um, be more, uh, adaptable on the field. Now, would you, would you guys say that you have to be mindful of how much of it you're doing for a specific sport? Because like we talk about a lot with sports, the mistake that a lot of people make is they hear about the benefits of training in sand. And so then they, they do most Those of their training. all sand. Right. Yeah, Mostly right. all this training is they're running the hills in the sand. They're doing all their exercises. Yeah, the running sand. technique is fucked. Right. And yeah. it's like you if you're if you're using training running in the sand for a specific sport, no matter what that sport is, uh, I think there is a lot of benefits to it. The instability of it, the... The, the, how hard it is for you to take off, and so you you feel like you if you get really good at running the sand, then there's this nice carryover. But then there's also this where I think that can also be a drawback if you're not doing enough training specific to what your sport is that you, and how you most because, of your unless training, you're playing football yeah. on the sand. Oh, you should always incorporate the actual skill. Uh, so that that's the applied skill of like whatever you're going to be doing. So if it's on a field and you're running like 20 yards at a time and like these intervals, like that's what your main focus is. That's what the main structure of your programming is going to consist of. So that way you get really good at that, you know, specifically. And then this is going to uh, contribute towards that and like add more variables. Yeah. To that. Most of your training, if you're an athlete, most of your training needs to be uh, your sport. Yeah. As specific to what you're doing as possible. Yeah. So like, I'll give you a great example, like weight training um, will benefit most sports, right? You get stronger. Uh, you're going to do better at your sport, but let's say you're a football player or a baseball player and you're like, Ooh, weight training helps me with my sport. So what I'm going to do now is lift weights five days a week and I'm going to play football one day a week. Well, you're going to become a shitty football player. So mm-hmm. it's going to happen. You'll be a better at weights than you will be at football. Right. So sand running has got some benefits in the sense that running in sand provides more resistance. You're not able to uh, go as fast. You're probably working the muscles of the feet and the ankles more because of the instability, like Justin said. But it shouldn't be the the majority of your training uh, running at all. I would say this would be like a once or twice a week thing that you would throw in every once in a while just to throw something new at yourself. Um, There's a bit of a misconception that running in sand is safer because it's softer. The reality Mm -hmm. is uh, it can actually be more dangerous Mm -hmm. because it's softer. So, uh, and I just want to communicate that because I know people are like, oh, you know, I heard running, running can be hard on the joints, but running the sand is a lot easier on the joints because it's so soft. It's like, well, not so fast. Um, If you don't, if you're not very stable and strong, Twisting an ankle or hurting your toe or whatever or your knee. Now, I can also see where someone like me who is not playing a sport or anything would see lots of benefits. I would totally get it. Just for a workout. Yeah, for a workout. Um, 
because two something that I've definitely noticed as I've gotten older is I just don't get enough sun. Mm. And if I could find a way, if I can find a way to implement a training session mm-hmm. out on a beach, you know, mm-hmm. yep. every once in a while where I'm getting the natural getting the natural light, you know, for an hour or whatever. I mean, I think that's incredible. I think that has a lot of benefits. Fuck sure. the fuck the running piece and, and what bring we're your kettlebells. That's a, that's a great workout. Right, right. So I think that there's some benefits to that. I think if we're talking about a sport a specific sport then you need to be doing like we always say the specific sport and the way you would be training on the field or on the court or whatever sport you're playing that should be 90 plus percent of your training and this is like the occasional thing now if you're somebody who just wants to get in good shape or be explosive of a runner and improve upon that i think there's lots of cool benefits just because just because you're outside Mm -hmm. in training that you're getting you know one of the other benefits of running the sand it's it's often done barefoot um Mm -hmm. right yes you get to touch the earth with your feet there's a lot of people that talk about the benefits of grounding um, and, uh, you know, anecdotally, I notice benefits when I go barefoot in the dirt or in the sand, um, I do feel better. And I don't know if it's just from the tactile sensation of my barefoot touching something. And if I'll get the same benefit walking in the house, it feels like I get more of a benefit when I'm on grass or, or sand. So there's that, uh, that you get from that. There's the, of course, the instability that we talked about, yeah. the range of motion that your ankle tends to move in. So you have to have a uh, decent you know, range of motion in your ankles to go and run hard in the sand. For example, you know, I'll use using an example, Adam, you, you know, you tore your Achilles. Probably not a good idea to go power running in the sand because the the flexion and extension that happens in the sand. Right, I'm challenging it way more than I'm ready for. Way more than you may, indifferently, I should say, than, than you will on the ground because the ground, you, you have more power. So, but as far as a workout is concerned, it's fucking awesome. I love working out in the sand. It's one of my favorite things. I mean, I wish I had access to it uh, all the time because I would go out there all the time. The only athletes I could say that should probably run a lot of the sand are athletes who compete in the sand. Right, right. Volleyball, sand volleyball player, yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, or 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 uh, what they have beach soccer uh, team. I guess now. they do. Yeah, the beach soccer. They have they have this interesting sport that's like uh, volleyball but with a soccer where they yes, I've seen juggle that. it. And, and they oh, kinda, Joe Rogan posted that a while back. Yeah, right? I have no yeah. idea what it's called, but it's a, that looks crazy. Mm-hmm. Like that, that looks a really tough sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's also a difference between running in dry sand and running in uh, wet sand. Uh, wet sand is going to be much more firm, still different benefits, still some benefits um, versus dry, running in, in well, dry sand. And the ultimate for conditioning uh, would be you know sand hills in in ice to do that as well to really uh, I mean you want to put all the forces against you in terms of like yeah. not having any foot footing or anything that's like really solid and you you feeling like you're just spinning your wheels but uh, also just you know enduring through that and really trying to power up it's it's that is a grueling grueling uh, conditioning yeah, workout you got me thinking about all kinds of workouts on the beach I love doing yoga and stretching in the sand on the beach because of the sun mm-hmm. then of course the sand is real comfortable to lay on if you're doing a particular yoga pose or you're stretching um, have you guys ever seen videos of fighters? who will dive down deep underwater and they'll pick up a boulder and they'll yeah. run with it while they're holding their breath. I remember watching BJ yeah. Penn. Have you yeah. seen yeah. that? Yeah. That sounds interesting to me. I don't mm-hmm. know what the benefits of that are. Because his, his, the lung capacity, so he has to hold his breath. So think about mm-hmm. a sport like MMA fighting where you could be have someone's arm around your mouth or do things sure. like that. That See, to me, that's cool because that makes sense for someone like him. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little ridiculous for the average person to yeah. be doing something like that. Didn't and, he just fight and get and lose? Didn't he just tap out to somebody? Uh, yes. Yeah, I watched. I missed that fight and I ordered that fight. 
have to go back and see if I can watch it. Yeah, I, I noticed you posted about the other fight. I watched that fight. Which yeah. one? Did you, did you watch um, the girls? Uh, oh, Cyborg. Cyborg yes. And, um, what Nunes. a great fight. She got uh, knocked out. Oh, yeah, man. Nunes, dude. Nunes. She lit her up. And, and that's that's the thing about Nunes. Like, uh, you watch like her train and you watch her, her old fights. She has so much like power and like really accurate power that she applies and uh, I was it was just it was crazy to watch her come out of the gates no fear like everybody feared cyborg well I watched her so Katrina and I watched that entire season of when she came up in um ultimate fighter so I watched her when she first came on the scene and she was a did she, she win that yes oh, she was okay. she was a she was a badass <laughs> she's ferocious yeah no she's a badass yeah. uh, I I wish I don't know why I didn't bet that because I I thought it was gonna be enough but it wasn't that great of it wasn't enough to be like a no brainer like oh shit she's like a huge underdog she did, was, what's his name yeah, fight too? she was a slight underdog Who, John, John Jones, Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah he won, won. he won mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah so that turning ball or whatever helped him out a little bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah. not. Anyways, yeah, that's so annoying. Though. That's like the, you know, the common thing. Everybody's like, oh, well, the steroids work. They're yeah. trying to, they're trying to put the so rematch on. of him and uh, Cormier. Again. Bro, he's the most, uh, in my opinion, he's the best, the best, most talented fighter. He's the I've most skilled seen. fighter out there, and it's like, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm really excited to see Cormier and him go at it, dude. I really. Did they fight twice already? Yeah, they have. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I feel like Cormier's come. I think he's, I think he's one of the best fighters right now. I really do. So we'll see if he comes back and mm. and I think what should happen is instead of him cutting down to uh, John Jones's weight, John Jones yeah, should John have to, Jones should put on weight, yes, and come up to because that's, that'd be that's awesome. a, the fights they've had. Cormier's had to come down to two hundred five, and they've, we've already seen him fight. He fights better at heavyweight. He does. Yeah. He you, look at his, his body structure. He's yeah. he's a thicker kind of overweight guy. He has a gas tank. Yeah, yeah he's and, and <laughs> yeah. I think pushing him to cut all the way down to the two hundred five class. I love is, guys like Cormier because he proves he proves that you cannot <laughs> judge yeah. how tough a guy is by the way they look. Him and Fedor, you know, you just like, there's something it. to that. You yeah. just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so check this out. Go to uh, mindpumpfree.com and go check out. All of the free information that we will give you for free. It's free guides. We got a bunch of free guides on there. Some of them teaching you how to squat more, build your legs, work your core, build a better chest, your calves. I even have a guide on there for personal trainers to help them become more successful. Again, mindpumpfree.com. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.